Attention, everyone. This is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn on your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Rock Out Loud. We're so glad to be back with you as we are the rockinest podcast in all the land. At least that's what I heard. I've heard it both ways. My name is Steve Glosson. Happy to be here. Excited to discuss the 21st birthday anniversary, if you will, of the release of the sophomore uh, effort of Matchbox 20 Mad Season. Now, don't don't turn it off yet. Don't turn it off. You know what this, what's going to accompany this. We're going to have a lot of fun discussion. We're going to tell a lot of stories. And uh, we're just going to geek out over some music because that's what we do around here. But it's not just me. No, you don't have to listen to me drone on and on in my own square way about the music I enjoy. We have the Rockin' Chick in all the land up on the East Coast. It's Kristen in Jersey. What's going on, Kristen? Hi, everybody. You gave me a little bit of like David Lee Roth when he's like, no, 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 don't take him off. Don't take him off. When you're like, no, 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 don't turn it off. Don't turn that's it right. off. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> well, that's about the most David Lee Roth I'll ever be. I'll be honest with you. I don't know. I think you and Diamond Dave might have a little more in common now than you think. Well, you know what? Oh, cause he's big. He's got, he's put on some weight. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, okay. All right. Well, see, I didn't know. Well, you know what? I I maintain, I think, given the opportunity, I could be a pretty good front man. Given the stage, given the band, I think I could be a good front man for any band. I agree. I totally think you could. You have the charisma. That's what I'm saying. I think I could do it, and I think I would enjoy it probably too much. So it's probably best that I'm not doing that. (laughs) I... I could be. I listen. I don't say this in a braggadocious way at all. By the way, so glad to have you with us, Kristen. Talking about uh, oh, talking about Matchbox Twenty. I don't say this in a braggadocious way at all. But I I could have been a tragic rock and roll story. Yeah, you could have had a behind the music about you. Yeah, yeah, I could have. I, That's I mean, coming back, by the way. The, oh, really? Yeah. Well, how long's it been gone? probably 10 years yeah well there's been plenty of stuff happening in 10 years time that they could talk mm-hmm. about yeah <laughs> that's listen there's also there, on vice the network vice there's a there's a show called the dark side of the ring which is like all the tragedies that happened in wrestling and everything oh and, yes and someone was like why can't there be a light side of the ring and it's like well because no one wants to watch that same thing with behind the music if everything is happy and joyous you know you've got to have mc hammer's got to lose all his money yeah. For you know, for there to be the story behind the music. Otherwise, you don't care what's behind the music. I, they just performed real well and were very successful, and they lived happily ever after. Oh, okay. End of show. Yeah, yeah. And that was behind the music this week. I'm Kurt and those Loder. Those are the ones no one remembers. That's right. That's right. Um, a lot's happened since last time we were together. A lot going on. Um, in 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 things. I believe the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame happened. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. 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 I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Nope. So. <laughs> I I don't know. Just never. I don't. I can't get started because it's just so ridiculous. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um. So and then, I'm trying to go in in order here. Um. You know what, Kristen? Just to kind of get you in the right mood, I, you're really happy, and I know why. I mean, you know, I get it. I understand. But I, I need to I need to get your edge to you a little bit. I think. Okay. So I want to talk about this new Rock Sugar album. Oh, okay. I'm excited because you have set the stage very well for what's about to come. Yeah. Um, I have very mixed emotions about the said album. Um. <sighs> It, the first album was Reimaginator, and and it was great. It it, it was, it, it the the concept was what if these guys got stranded on an island, with nothing but their instruments and a thirteen year old's, uh, music collection from circa nineteen eighty, you know seven ish, eighty eight eighty nine ish, and then what if they you know and that's all they had and so you know they kind of go a little loopy, while they're there and they end up you know, kind of combining all the songs and then they're found later and this is what they are. This is the band that they are. And it's some fun stuff. You know, we went through that whole album back at New Year's just kind of having a good time. And then the, in the meantime, I was waiting on, um, they they did a Kickstarter for the second album, Reinventinator, and I was really looking forward to it. There have been, over the years, since that first album was released, there have been a few tracks that they've put out. Um... They did Any Highway You Want, which was a mashup of Any Way You Want It and Highway to Hell. And, you know, it's fun. It's great, you know. It's Rock it's, Sugar. It, it, yeah, it's Rock Sugar. It goes right along with, uh, let's see, what's another one that they did that they kind of let out? Roll You in the Hurricane was one that was a little more recent, where they did um, Rock You Like a Hurricane mixed up with um, an Adele song. I don't... Oh, um, Rolling in the Deep. Rolling in the Deep, yeah. I think this is. Well, just I'm going to play just a smidge, not a lot. So, you know, that that was pretty cool. It's like, all right, it's good to see these guys back around doing some new stuff. But it, it just kind of dawned on me. I'm like, well, that's a little more modern pop than what they were doing in the last one. Mm, yeah. And so it never occurred to me that what we would end up getting in Reinventinator was these classic rock songs mashed up with some more modern-y type pop songs. Oh. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that kind of that kind of gutted me a little bit and 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 caused me to be like okay hold on I and so I had to adjust my way of thinking you know to to have fun with it again mm-hmm. um, the other thing that happens is you know when there are people that when they kind of latch on to something that works they end up overdoing it yeah you know? and then it doesn't become fun anymore right and so I, I'll give you this one there the first track on Reinventinator is Walk in Black for Centuries. Oh, so Fallout Boy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fallout Boy, ACDC. Uh-huh. Also, um, Walk This Way. Okay. And then at the end, for some reason, they go into Paradise City. Oh. 
It's really weird. Like, no, we don't. We don't need to do eight songs. Right. Exactly. That's what. That's what. And that's what's happening in that. And the thing is, though, it's like here's the thing. I find myself listening, and and I really like Jess Harnell's voice. He does a really good job of just kind of hitting some notes, and 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 he's got some pipes to him, and it's real strong. But when, but when he goes into like Guns and Roses stuff, he tries to do Axel. Ah, okay. And so that's a little, it's like, just be you. Do you doing this song. It's fine. Um, Faithful Child of Mine is Sweet Child of Mine and Faithfully. That actually works. It's a really cool oh. little mashup. Yeah, that's fun. That's fun. Okay. Um, I mean, two of your favorite songs of all time. Yeah, yeah. They do, um, <laughs> uh, uh, let's see, what's, let me find, they, they have several. You know, You Give Your Love a Bad Name. Okay. Which is, of course, you give love a bad name, and um, I forget what else. Hold on, let's listen. I just want to use your love tonight. That's okay. that's what it's that's that's bed dirt. Um, yeah, they they do. I I just want to use your love tonight. tonight. But Kristen, I got absolutely disturbed. Oh, oh. And and a little bit miffed. And the first thing I thought was Kristen <laughs> is going to burn something down. Oh, God. If I even tell I her I have a candle right next to me. If I even tell her about this. <laughs> so let me get you in the right frame of mind here. What what do we dislike as far as music goes that we've made no bones about on this show? Grunge and the 90s. Exactly, grunge. exactly. And there is a band that that is kind of the pinnacle of grunge. Nirvana. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Buzzing in Nirvana! And so they're... <laughs> and, they're and their big song that everyone knows... Smells like Teen Spirit. Smells like Teen Spirit. All right. Now, let's oh let's move away from there and let's talk about the voices that you love. Queen. Okay, not not Queen. David Coverdale. All right, David Coverdale. Let's talk about some of the songs that you oh. love by him. <laughs> Still of the night. All right, here we go. What does no. that what does that do to your heart? No, I effing hate it. That's right. <laughs> if if this was a video podcast, you would have seen me give like the deadest stare to nobody to right. my left and right. be like, are you mm-hmm. kidding me? Because yeah. first of all, that's sacrilegious. Yes. We all know that Nirvana is the reason why all those bands were just wiped out and mm-hmm. not seen to see they weren't cool anymore. And that's why people like me got made fun of for their entire life for yep. liking this music. Yep. yep. So no! Oh, I hate it. Right. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I'm glad we've got you in the good mood. So <laughs> you wanted this dude. So when I hear that, I'm just like I sincerely. Cause I'm just I was sitting I did this like teenager getting a new album kind of thing. I I got this stuff in the mail. I get in here, I download everything, 
and I sit down and I put my little headphones on and I'm just sitting here fiddling around with some Marvel Legends figures, listening to Rock Sugar and just just kind of like, okay, how do I feel? And 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 unfortunately because the first time anyone introduced me to Rock Sugar, it was the um the shook me like a prayer. It was, you know, yes. you shook me all night long mixed with, you know, Madonna's. Iconic. Yeah, and it was great. Like and it just kind of grabbed me by the throat and said, "Hey, I'm going to tickle you now." And I was like, "This is grand. This is wonderful." But this was like I felt terrible because I felt like a little geek who was like, you know, do I really like this? Is this really good stuff or not? Oh, you had a me moment. Yeah, see? and I didn't want to do that. And then all of a sudden, track number eight comes up with Smells Like Teen Romance of the Night. And I'm like... Ugh. Also, can we just take a second, Steve? Can we just table that for a moment? Mm -hmm. And can we talk about how good the, uh, the clues were that we had that, like... <laughs> I mean, I like nailed those, and you nailed giving the clues to me. Right? Yeah, I I knew we'd get there. I knew when I We've said we've been doing this podcast a hot when minute, when I said vocals, I knew that you would first go to Queen, and I understood that was going to have to happen. Um, but uh, and they do a lot of Queen on this album as well. Okay. So, you know, but but there's nothing really. Well, you know what. Okay, first of all, let me get back to this nerve. When I'm sitting there and that and that comes on, I'm like, okay, because here's here's my dirty little secret. That little guitar riff from Smells Like Teen Spirit. I'm like, all right, that's I can deal with that. You know, okay, I, I'm okay with that. I'm not, I'm not a fan. You're not going to see a Nirvana album in my collection. I I don't feel about Nirvana the way I feel about Creed and or Nickelback. Um, <laughs> but but I'll tell you this: the minute. He comes. I mean, when he said "in the still of the," I'm still like, the night, the wolf, he, he got yeah. to he got to "in the still of the," and I'm like, oh my god, Kristen's gonna hate this. <laughs> no, we can't do this album on the show now. That's where I went. I was like, can't do this album on the show. It's banned. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, and she may never let me mention Rock Sugar again. Like I was, I went through all this different scenarios in my head about just how angry you were gonna be. I'm like, this could make her actually cuss. Out loud. <laughs> Give me the first time I cuss. <laughs> On the show. On the show. Yeah, I'm going to have to bleep it out. So. <laughs> well, that didn't happen, at least. That's, yeah, that's not, I don't know. I don't like that. Right, right. Now, and here's the other thing. I don't know, because we've never talked about Linkin Park. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's a reason, Steve, that we've no. never talked about Linkin Park. I didn't say that. <laughs> How do you feel about Linkin Park? Um, I owned Hybrid Theory, like okay. everybody else on right. planet Earth did when it first came out. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where my Linkin Park fandom ended about after the same. that record came out. But I will say, um, like, it's not like a venomous hatred. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I've heard the song In the End about 500,000 times yeah. over the course of millions of times at the skating rink sure. when I was, you know, 10 years old. Yeah, yeah. Um, aren't in Lincoln Park the ones that crawling in? Yeah, okay. I love crawling. All right, and I love that song. Shut up when I'm talking to you. Okay. So angsty, love that. Okay, good. Well, because that's what they they throw a little Bohemian Rhapsody in with that, as well as oh. as well as somebody, what? yeah, as well as somebody to love. Oh my God, I'm making a face right now. I'm wincing. That's I'm wincing. So it's, so it's a mixed bag, is what I'm saying. But 
I do find myself jamming out to um, <clears throat> something I never thought I would like at, like at all. They do the final countdown. Okay. And they throw Katy Perry's fireworks in that mess. Uh. And look, I same. Kristen, same. <laughs> I just hate that Car- Katy Perry song. Right. Same. Same. Like, you could have picked a better Katy Perry song. But then I hear him doing it. And 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 final countdown, and it just kind of works. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm I am re- I'm responding to a text right now, real quick. <laughs> Do-do-do-do. I I mean we'll talk about this in a little bit, but I am now an owner of a Europe final countdown signed vinyl album. Well, that's where we need to go next. See, now we've, we've brought you to the depths of despair okay. with the still the night. Here's the thing. I, if, if, we ha- if the Big Honkin' Show was still going, there'd be some of these tracks that would be on there. But they're not all bangers. They're not all bangers, you know, yeah. unfortunately. So, But there are some choices that I like, and there's some things where it's like this would be good, except they went a little too far. It's like we tried to throw too much in there. There's this there's this cooking channel that I like to watch sometimes on the internet. It's on the YouTube. It's called the Barbecue Pit Boys. And it's okay. a bunch of biker looking guys out around a barbecue pit and they do these over the top grilling things. Okay. And I just sit there and I look at it and I'm like, I know I'm supposed to get excited about, you know, the triple decker burger with pulled pork and you know, all this other mess on there, but it's just too much. It's it's yeah. just too much. And that's kind of what I feel about some of their choices on this album. So anyway, now going to happier times in your life, you uh-huh. take you text me the other day and you're like, Bill and Angie just said, here, have our records. Yeah. I mean, they were doing some like spring cleaning. They had to clean out their garage and they were like, uh, like, what are we doing with these? Like, we don't even have a turntable. And Bill was like, do you want our, like all of our vinyl? And I was like, well, I don't know if I want all of your vinyl, but I will come over and look through your vinyl and pick what I like. Um, so they had three boxes. I ended up taking two. <laughs> so, uh, and then I also rated the uh, the cassettes as well because they are all, there are so many Bon Jovi interviews from the 80s that I'm going to convert to MP3. Um, but vinyl-wise, I have so many gems now. It's nice. ridiculous. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, the pictures you were sending me just boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, good night. There's some good stuff in those boxes of vinyl. I know. Like, there's, I mean, Angie was a big fan of picture discs. So, like, there's, like, slippery and wet picture discs and, you know, shout at the devil picture discs. And, like, we're, like, on the, the vinyl, like, on the, the plastic cover, it'll say, like, you know, with poster and, like, the poster's in there. And, like, you'll pull it out and you'll be like, oh, my God, like, the poster is in here. Like, she kept the posters. <laughs> so it's, like, all this really great stuff and, like, Every signed album that she had, I took. So, like, Cinderella Night Songs is autographed. Um, and, like, the the dude in Cinderella wrote, Angie, don't say we never tried, because those are the lyrics from the Rolling Stones song, Angie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, I will guard this forever. Also, a Europe, the final countdown autographed uh, vinyl record, because <laughs> she That's met them. crazy. And a Poison, Look What the Cat Dragged In, signed uh, album as well. That was in- awesome pink sharpie because obviously right 
Well, now let me, I want to back up to something because I know what you mean when you say picture disc. Oh, yeah. But we have some listeners who may not know what you mean when you say picture picture disc. Picture disc. So a picture disc is like the album, but it is like an image instead of just like your standard vinyl. Like the Slippery and Wet one has a beautiful picture of John Bon Jovi. Um, And on the back side, it also has the entire group um, on like a purple vinyl. Mm. See, that's... it's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Now, the, can we talk about... I want to go back to this Europe album, oh, yeah. The Final Countdown. That record had, like, their pictures flying up like they're going to the Phantom Zone or something out of the Earth, right? Yes! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and it and it looks like a movie poster, like a, like a sci-fi movie poster from back in the day. It is like it's a very cool. It's very '80s, but it's a very cool album cover. And did they have any other album that they did other than the Final Countdown? Because, oh, I'm sure they did. Because I I've now pulled this album up, the album tracks up to see what they've got going on. Of course, the title track. It has all the songs you know, right? Cherokee, Rock the night, carry. Yeah, danger on the track, Cherokee. Time has come. Oh. That's... Oh yeah, they had an album in so they had an album in 83, 86, which is the final countdown, mm-hmm. 88 and 91. Wow. So yeah, 91. they got some albums. Yeah. 91. That's wild. That was the uh I mean that's not that was not the time to be an 80s rock band. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> I'm, gonna to, I'm gonna have to look I'm gonna have to dig into I'm gonna have to dig into some Europe, I think. So anyhow. I feel like you'd enjoy it. That is, but it was so funny, Steve. Like you would have cracked up because, like, as I was going through and like pulling everything, like they were just laughing at me because they were like, because like some things, like I'm not even like a fan of, but it's like I had to take it. So like they had all of the Kiss solo records, right? All four of them. Those are iconic album covers, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I need to take these. Every single Kiss record I took. Scott uh, Rife and out- Scott Rife would be so proud. Right, I took every Kiss album. Um, I took every like Rat album because, like, out of the cellar, it's like you need that. Yeah, yeah. Like, so there were things where I was like, you know, I'm not necessarily a huge fan of this band, but like, I need to have this. Oh, also, I got um, Bill had a like it's pristine condition for those about to rock by ACDC with the cannon oh, on the front of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I have that now. There was tons of Bruce stuff. So I have every Bruce vinyl from, um, the wild and the innocent all the way up to, uh, or through born in the USA. So I have everything. And then there was like a few, um, bootleg vinyls. So I have like winterland. I have live at the Roxy. I got, there's a few in there and then a ton of singles. That's awesome. Now here's the thing. And, 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 and it needs to be reiterated. These aren't like, these aren't things that Bill and Angie went and picked up at the store last week or no. last year. You know, these are these are things they've had since they were originally released back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's like the thing, too. Like, it's funny because I told Angie, I was like, yeah, like I throw on like a record every night, you know, listen to side A, side B and, you know, just make sure everything sounds perfect. And like the condition is like immaculate for everything. And she's like, yeah, we took care of our stuff. And it's so funny too, because like I have a remastered version of born to run. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, obviously she has 
the original pressing yeah, of one yeah, run. Yeah. And it's funny because like she like everyone besides my dad in like that grew up in their house when they were kids were smokers. Mm-hmm. So when you look at the album cover, which is a white album cover, the album cover is like a yellow tannish a little, got a dingy, tint. Yeah, got a dinge to it. Yeah. Yep. And then you look at mine, like mine, like obviously remastered, so it's not from back then. But you have like that crystal clear, right. white, pristine, born to run album cover. Yeah. And like there were some things that like. I like I have like a seventeen hundred degrees Fahrenheit vinyl, but I was like Angie, I need to have yours because it needs to be passed down, and I need to take care of it. And I also trust your vinyl more than I trust the person that I bought it. <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, she says they took care of them because here's the thing: back in the day, when you got this stuff, it's like you recognize. Well, if it gets scratched, it's ruined, and we don't have to go buy another one. Yeah. You know, it wasn't. It, it wasn't like you. You know. Kids, you you didn't download music until later on in the two thousands. <laughs> you know, the late nineties into the two thousands. This is so when you got a CD or even a cassette, or you know, and then of course the records. When they went bad, when something got messed up, it was tragedy. Yeah, you know, and like honestly, it they're like all like perfect sound there's like barely any like crackles and pops it's funny because you could tell the albums that were listened to a lot Mm -hmm. oh also i didn't mention this um i have now in my possession thanks to angie and bill uh mostly angie because this was an angie album but i have live 7585 on vinyl all five lps good night that's so cool it's just cool it's just cool just like Amaze, and you know what? I'm gonna give him a little bit of uh crap for this, but I gotta give and he's gonna be mad at me. <laughs> I I gotta give a little bit of guff to our friend Dylan Macca McManus. Yeah, because I sent him my vinyls, and I was like, oh my god, I have seventy five eighty five, seventy five eighty five. Oh my god, I have it on vinyl. I cannot believe this. And he said. You could use those as coasters. <gasps> and at first and at first I thought he was joking. But no, he continued to go with it. And I'm like, oh, he really means to use these as coasters. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I was like, you don't like 7585? And he's like, no, they're nothing compared to uh the studio records. And huh. I was like, oh my God. Huh. I can't. I was like, Dylan, we can't be friends anymore. Obviously joking <laughs> and sarcasm everybody. Right, right. Uh, but I was like, we can't be friends anymore. You've said I should use it as a coaster. You said it's a crap album. I'm like, Dylan, I was like, do you recognize that like that was the album that I bought for Steve. I mm-hmm. bought him and sent him that album. Yeah. Because there's no Bruce like live Bruce. Yeah. And it was so funny because I kept like giving him like, you know, flack for that. And he like, he messaged me on Instagram and was like, I was just kidding. I'm like, no, I know you're just kidding. I'm just playing. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> but I had, I had to just say that. That's... It's, wow. I will never, those are like, holy grail. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's it's so funny because that's not something that I wasn't about the of course by the time I'm buying my own music and stuff, you know, we're we're in the C D world. And mm. and you know, over the course of my high school career, I bought hundreds probably, you know, CDs, um and you know, into college and everything, just because I just the music that I was into, totally, totally, totally into and just had to have more, you know. You know how it is. And um, and so it never occurred to me to go back. Uh oh, what's happening? Is Steve, that you? I can't hear you. Uh oh, 
I can hear you. Can you hear me now? Huh. Kristen? Yeah, can, I'm hearing all these weird, like, bleeps. I did, too. Can you hear me now? I can, yeah. Okay, that got weird. <laughs> what did Skype just... Aliens, like... I don't know what Skype just did there. That was crazy. It's always something. Yeah. Also, shout out to Bill. Bill's in the chat, by the way. I see him there. Uncle Bill. I have an Uncle Bill. Um, <laughs> I took one of his Wasp albums. I took the first Wasp album because he was like, Kristen, oh my God. And then like there was one that he really liked. And he was like, you have to take He's like, look, it has, a, it has a bandana in it. And he's like, I kept that bandana. I was like, well, Bill, why don't you keep that album? So now that's the one album that he kept. Nice. I'm like, yeah, like you obviously love that album. Well, and what I was saying was, is is like because I didn't do the vinyl. Now when I go like, I, I've gotten to where, and this is a tribute to my wife who's gotten me into going to these places. You know where the, they call them antique stores. They're not really antique places. They're more like junk stores yes. where they have all these people have their little booths set up and everything. It's not quite a flea market. Yeah, but, but they're it, still selling you their junk. Right. and But there'll be places that sometimes have just like boxes and, bo and boxes of vinyl. You know, and every now and again, you'll see a hysteria. You'll see, um, you'll I have that. you'll see a little. Well, sure you do. Of course you do. But you know, you'll see some some good stuff, and there'll be stuff I'm like that'd just be funny to have as a collect. Yeah. You know, in my collection, different things. But I'm like, I got nowhere to put this, and my the turntable I have is a cheap one, and it's in the closet right now, not hooked up to anything, and um, and so I, I I'm always tempted to kind of start. A vinyl collection, but I don't want to get any of this reprintings and represses. You know, like that's my problems. I'd be like, I gotta have the, I gotta have the original deal. Flaws yeah, and all. I, I mean, and people like fight over that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, also, can I just also say, um, I will have a new addition to my vinyl collection that you're, I have not told you about. You're gonna have a new edition vinyl? No. You remember new edition? <laughs> I do remember New Edition, <laughs> but pretty soon, next month in July, I will be adding the 6LP Almost Famous soundtrack with, like, dialogue interludes, like, don't mm -hmm. take drugs, and yeah. I am a golden god, nice. and the Stillwater version of Tiny Dancer. I will be adding those to my collection, colored vinyl, red, orange, and yellow. Sweet. And I will also be adding the Stillwater EP with classics such as Fever Dog, Love Thing, and Love Comes and Goes. <laughs> that's a, that is a cool thing. Now, see, stuff like that I dig. Like, that's the other stuff. Like, because every now and again, like with the Guardians movies, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, they released those awesome mixes on vinyl. And I was like, yes. this would be pretty cool to have, you know. But I just, but because... I don't have a, you know, I, I'm like, I can't start this. I've got the Star Wars soundtrack on vinyl, of course. I've been very, I've come very close to buying like the old Superman soundtrack on vinyl, but I'm just like, I don't have anywhere to put this stuff. So I keep oh, holding. That'd be so cool. Yeah. I keep holding off, but I, you know, I just, uh, it, it keeps calling to me. Keeps calling. Mm. So. One day when the time's right. One day when the time's right, then there's a bigger room in which I'm sitting. So, well, let's. <laughs> Let's get into this. Uh, you texted me today as we were checking yeah. on times and everything, and um, and then you sent me a screenshot that you were in a in an online queue, yes. uh, waiting. <laughs> because of course, 
I'm like, oh, okay. So, here. well, what's funny is, is like I see the picture and it's like, wait, what is this? What is this? And then it's like, oh, wait, what? And and you were in line to get your Springsteen on Broadway tickets. I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, this isn't the first time we've talked about uh, Springsteen on Broadway on this show. Uh, so, and I was very upset last time with the way Ticketmaster handled it. Yeah, yeah. But now it was on SeatGeek. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so I went in there, I got into queue, and I managed to pull a $75 ticket, which I said that was my limit. I was not going over $75 for mm. this show. Uh, and the reason why I said this to Steve, and I said this to, like, a couple people that I was talking to uh, today, like, this is not my kind of Bruce show. Right. Yep. Like, like, I love the storyteller aspect. Like, I love that. But, like, Bruce with an acoustic guitar being, like, you know, like a southern twang and, like, Patty coming out. Like, that's not that's not the Bruce I love. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, like, $75. Like, that's it. It's not an E Street Band show. I'm certainly not paying hundreds of dollars. Um, and I didn't have to. <laughs> you got You hit your limit, and there we were. Yeah, and I couldn't believe it. Like, I'm going on a Wednesday, which is kind of a bummer. I was trying to get, like, a Friday uh, so I wouldn't have to take, like, time off of work. But, um, yeah, I freaking pulled tickets, and I can't believe it. Um, So I get to cross off. I was saying to Angie today, um, there's only one thing left on my Bruce bucket list. I've done everything else. The only thing I have not done is front row. It's the only thing. Mm. Well, now, I, this the Bruce on Broadway, like he was doing this before the whole pandemic mess hit, and yeah. and so this is just them picking up and continuing, I guess, where he left off, maybe. So, uh, apparent because those shows were done, like they they started and they ended. So, like this wasn't like these aren't rescheduled or anything like mm-hmm. that. The whole idea behind them is because Broadway has obviously been shut down for right. over a year yep. um, to kind of bring some life back to Broadway. So that's what it is. I mean, because it's a cash cow. I mean, yeah. people are well, yeah. happy to spend their money. So. Well, <laughs> um, I guess what I'm yeah. asking, I guess what I'm asking here is, is this an indefinite thing, an indefinite stint he's going to do on Broadway or think so i think this is kind of like it like because he was talking about on e street radio today where um like somebody just kind of like brought it up like in casual conversation like oh yeah this might be like a good uh, like a cool thing to do like for broadway and you know to get back out there um and he was like yeah we're not touring with the band until next year which oh thank god um so because dad was like, they're not touring ever again, Kristen. I was like, shut up. That can't happen. Um, so, yeah, I think this is just kind of like cool. So this is just something, you know, to get the feet wet. You know, once it's done, it's done. Yeah. Um, people were asking if he was going to change the show up at all. And he said, like, maybe a little bit, but not really. Um, so it's crazy to think that, like, basically in a month, I will... My first show after, you know, the world shuts down is going to be Bruce, the first artist that I ever saw in my entire I think, life. I think that's absolutely appropriate. I think <laughs> I think it's what it needs to be. You know, like I, I, if you told me, you know, 
Uh, well, I'm go- and you just named some rando band that you're just like, they're an up-and-coming band here in Jersey, and they're playing a little, you know, a little <laughs> bar scene over here, a little club. I'd be like, come on, you can do better than that on your way back. It was going to be the Struts, but Bruce just well, nicked right in there. there you go. So. Well, the Struts would have been appropriate as well. I know. Can't so, wait to see them. That's right. So, so ready for that. But yeah, so that was my uh, that was my day today. And also, he's going to get two shout outs today. Maca also got tickets to nice. Springsteen on Broadway. Not the same date as I'm going. The uh, he's going in August. But I told him I was like, dude, like. I don't know how long you're going to be here, but like, you should definitely try to come down to Asbury. Like I'll drive up on a weekend. Like I'll take you to all the Bruce haunts. Like We'll go to Jersey freeze where he likes to eat his ice cream. We'll go to Federici's where he likes to eat his pizza. Like, and I'll take you to all the places that he sings about in the songs. <laughs> That'll be awesome. His sister, and his sister was like, well, you sold my sister on the idea. She's like, well, I feel like we have to do that. <laughs> that'll be that. Yeah. That'll be a good time. That'll be awesome. Yeah. So, so that that offer is also always open to you as well, Steve. Just well, saying. You know you're what? Up here. We love we love a good road trip in my family, so you never know. And if it, if it does happen, we'll definitely we'll def of course you know it'd be fun. It'd be a great time. Um, I also noticed that la- in April, Dirty Honey, and I haven't had a chance to listen to it, but Dirty Honey has released a new album. Oh, did they? And it's interesting because like it, it it's a self titled album, just like the first album. It's just a different color. Um, Album art. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's like Led Zeppelin, like, two, three, four. Yeah, pretty much. Except mm. they kind of made it, except Zeppelin, you know, was, like, very open about two and three. And yeah. here's four, you know. Well, really, four was kind of, that just kind of got named four. It's more like the Runes album is what a lot of people call it. Or, okay. Or Sozo. Or Zoso. Sozo, yeah. 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 Also, did Greta release an album? I feel like I feel like Greta Van Fleet released an album. I feel like they they have two. Um, I feel like I saw something about that. Let me pull them up real quick and see. They apparently, did... for what I remember, I feel like people were saying this is very not Led Zeppelin-y, So some people like love it, and then some people are like, "No, that's why I, that's they... why I listen to them." I'm like, they're a polarizing band. Wow, <laughs> they did in April. They did, and I, this mm. completely flew under the radar for me. Um, oh, they've got a, they've got a, mm, that's a fun title. Comes from, can, comes from a song. Can with, you say it? Yeah. Trip the Light Fantastic. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it had like a curse in it or something. Isn't that from like, a, isn't that, isn't that, isn't that a song lyric from something or? Trip the Light Fantastic? Trip, trip the Light Fantastic. It's from a movie or a song or a musical or some such. Trip the Light Fantastic. Trip the light dance in particular in particular engage in ballroom dancing is to dance nimbly or lightly hmm. i think i've heard it said somewhere in a movie or something i don't know you but anyhow have. i kind of want to give this a little spin real quick if it's that polarizing do it okay well we'll do just a few seconds this is the do it <laughs> do it this is the uh do it now this is the uh first track it's called heat above
not for me. Not for you. <laughs> no. It's it still has a very classic rock sound to it. Yeah, the, the, it totally does. Like it definitely still sounds like Zeppelin, but I think that's just their sound, and it, that's fine. Well, I don't look. I don't mind them. Of course, I don't mind them sounding like Zeppelin, but I think that this definitely. I think they're having to, you know, they've got to find their their uniqueness and, you know, but they've got a following. Yeah. So I like them. I, I dig what, I didn't know this was out. I, I'm going to have to spin this album up later on as well, this and Dirty Honey and, and check it out. Because I, I knew about Dirty Honey and I just hadn't had a chance to sit with it and listen to it. So. Um, also, can I just give a quick shout out? Of course. Um, to another band. Um, not that I necessarily like endorse, um, because I've only honestly heard like one song. Um, but there is a thing in Europe called the Eurovision Song Contest. Yeah. Um, and like for anybody that doesn't know what that is, like every country in Europe submits a song and then, you know, people vote on it and, you know, there's one winner, obviously. Um, so this year there was a band from Italy called Monaskin. Uh, if you are a, uh, if you have an American accent, you're probably, when you see it, going to say main skin, <laughs> M-A-N-E-S-K-I-N, but it's pronounced monoskin. Uh, and they are a rock band and in a sea full of pop, monoskin won the Eurovision Song Contest this year with the song completely in Italian. So Steve, I feel like you should maybe pull that up and listen to that. Oh, because okay. That is also great. Um, even though it's all in Italian, it's called like Ziti e Buoni or something like that. Sorry to anyone that's Italian that listens to our show. All it's right. like, yo, you just butchered that. Uh, Ziti e Buoni. Yep, there you go. Ziti Buoni. Ziti Buoni. <laughs> okay, the, I'm, I'm looking at the video of them. It looks really scary, but I'll play a little bit of it. Loro non sanno di che parlo, vestiti sporchi fra di fango, giallo di siga fra le dita, io con la siga camminando. Scusami ma ci credo tanto, che posso fare questo salto, e anche se la strada è in salita, per questo ora mi sto allenando e buonasera, signore e signori, fuori gli attori, vi conviene toccarvi i coglioni, vi conviene stare zitti e buoni, qui la gente è strana tipo spacciatori, troppe notti stavo chiuso fuori. Molli prendo a calci sti portoni Sguardo in alto tipo scalatori Quindi scusa mamma se sono sempre fuori ma Sono fuori di testa Ma diverso da loro E tu sei fuori di testa Ma diverso da loro Siamo fuori di testa Ma diversi da loro I mean, I'm not gonna lie, they jam Right? They totally do Yeah, so, like, that's, that's a jam I definitely have to check them out more uh, these two drag queens that I follow in Europe, they got me hooked on them. Um, or not even just, like, hooked on them, but, like, that was one of their favorite picks. And when they were like, oh, my God, like, so Rocker Duty walks around in his, like, leather pants and he's, you know, looks all disheveled. And yeah, they've that. got, and they've got like, a very, yeah, they've got a very, it, their look is very punk, kind of, yes. like, neo-punkish, if you will. Um, and, like, with a little bit of glam rock. Like with I was going to say glam rock, yes, a lot. Because of the fishnets and stuff, a lot of glam rock action going on there. Yep. Yeah. So I definitely have to check them out more. But, I mean, they won Eurovision. That's a really big deal over yeah. there. So I just wanted to give them a little shout-out before we kind of dive into other things. All right. Well, let's dive into this. Um, 
21 years ago, back in May, <laughs> May 23rd, 21, I was 10. <laughs> 21 years ago, I was 23. Um, and, uh, and, and by the time that I picked up this album, um, Bent had already kind of been gotten some airplay and stuff. But when I would, I was living in Virginia at the time and traveling, I, I had gotten, I'd gotten back. Yes. I'd come back from Minnesota living in Virginia and was, would, whenever I would travel home or travel back from home up to Virginia, to my parents up to Virginia, I would stop at this one particular place. There was a Best Buy there. I'd get out to stretch my legs, walk around Best Buy. And sometimes I'd snag a CD. In this case, on this particular trip, it was Matchbox 20's sophomore uh, outing in Mad Season. And I, I had no idea what to expect. I'd, I'd never gotten their first album. I just knew what had gotten radio. Really? Yeah, I, I just knew okay. what had gotten radio play. And in fact, I sat there, I'm like, do I want the first album here or do I want the second? Because, you know, you're, I was on a tight budget. I had to make sure that I, you know, I couldn't get both. It wasn't a situation where, why not get both? But it was like, I've heard a lot of these songs from radio, you know, the radio play of a lot of these songs. And so let's go with the new. And I was not disappointed with this album at all. Um, it is a different, it's a little bit different sound, you know, it's oh, a, very different. It's, it's, it's a lot more full um, than, than their first album, but it's got some good stuff on it. And, um, and so we'll talk about it as we go along. When I hit play on this first track, I'm going to tell you straight up, it's going to take me back to um, 4.30 a.m. Um, in the morning, you know, getting up, getting out. In, in a, This time it was super cold in Virginia. And um, driving to get to work by 5 to open up McDonald's because I was working McDonald's at the time as a manager. And so I'd get up and I'd get in the car and there, and look, I had a cassette player with the wire run to the disc man. I don't know if people yes! remember that or not. The cas- I had that. <laughs> and and thank God, I mean the cassette player worked, but that but the eject didn't work. And so thank God that was what got stuck in there. And because <laughs> I could just play my CDs. And uh and I would just hit play on this thing, and this is what I heard really to kind of put me in the right frame of mind a lot of times going to work the fast food industry. Um the, song for it. this is angry. Uh, from Mad Season. So scream you Out from behind the bitter reek Well you're hanging on the memory You need most You still want love Love's ugly, smooth, and delicate But not without affection No, not alone Instead of wishing that it would get better Man, you're seeing that you're just kidding
love this song so much. It's such a banger. Like, talk about like a good album opener. Right? Yeah. Well, because great it, opener. Let me tell you what it does it, to me because their first album was so much like the the intro of this song. And so they kind of ease you into what this album's going to be by saying, okay, here's a little leftover from the last last album. But then they just rock it and they hit it and you're on the ride with them now through this album. And like that, you have that great like big chorus. Like that's one thing that like I love about Matchbox. Like Matchbox always wrote great hooks, catchy songs. Like, and again, like it's a simple chorus, right? Like it's literally like three lines, I think this chorus of this song. So like, it's nothing crazy and it gets stuck in your head all day. And like, like you said, like perfect song to listen to when you're driving to work and you're, you are a little bit angry, but I mean, that's also what Rob was kind of, he was kind of being sarcastic when he was writing this song. Right. Um, so like you're, you're not angry, but you're a little bit angry. Yeah. 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 And, and what I also dig, like there's a moment where they kind of, they they go into this moment and and is it the hi hat snare? Let me let me find out exactly what a hi hat is, but it's the <laughs> it's the snare that opens and closes. It's the symbol I mean that open the hi hat yeah, symbol so, yeah, that opens and closes. And they do that disco deal and that where they kind of hit it and close it up. So it's like a reverse kind of um, sound that it's making. And it just and and I just like that is so cool. That just captured my imagination that moment listening to this album. But they get a lot harder with their with their style of music and everything in this song. Like, I really do think I, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about the album or enough about what their plans were for the album. But it it really does feel very calculated, the way this song yeah. is written as an opener to kind of you know you break in and 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 the chords that are being played on a more acoustic sounding guitar really feel like something from uh from yourself or someone like you with. You know, like a three a.m., like a like a rainmaker. Like yeah, right. And then as it gets into it, there's a lot more electric guitar work. There's some brass coming in in the background. You know, it's a, it it it's it's not quite a wall of sound, but it's more sound than what they had initially in 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 their first outing. And it's like I never thought about like what you just kind of like brought up with the whole like, you know, that transition right from like yourself or someone like you to Mad Season right. because the other song. Well, I mean, there are like definitely some like rockers on this album, but this is not this is definitely a more poppy yep. record. This is where Matchbox is like we're going to go more in like that pop rock mm-hmm. like avenue rather than like, OK, we're a rock band or we're an alternative band. Um because there, I mean, there's some like ballads on this record that we're yep. going to get to yep. and like that are some of my favorite Matchbox songs ever. Mm-hmm. But if you put them on yourself or someone like you, that doesn't necessarily work. But on this album, they work. Well, it does. <laughs> and, it, and like I say, it's because it's just got a bigger sound all the way around. And so it does have that pop feel to it, that little more produced, little more kind of stuff thrown at it. It's like... Someone saw, well, here's some money. But also, you know, you knew this had to be a choice for those guys, but I don't feel like anything is compromised in the writing of the songs. Like, God, no. <laughs> like, there's, like that's, that's the thing I think that I like a lot about these guys is, like, they're doing things their way, and it may not be, you know, if you were a huge fan of yourself or someone like you and, and all of a sudden the, the sound shifts the way it does, you may hate it because of the sound, but you cannot deny that, they're not compromising on lyrics. They're not compromising on subject matter. You know, they're they're being themselves, 
And I think that's what I think any band that's going to be really successful. Obviously, there are formulas out there to just pump a you know cookie cutter type pop band out there, and even in some cases like a radio rock band. But any band that's going to be lasting, I think a lot of times and have a lasting effect is going to be kind of true to themselves or either know how to market themselves very well, a la Kiss. You know, yeah. so. <laughs> and I feel like this is where I mean, there's we we make no secrets about the fact, especially me, like I love Rob Thomas as, as a songwriter. Um, and I think this, like, not that the songs on yourself or someone like you are not well written, but I feel like you really see Rob like shine on this record on some of these songs that we're going to get to. Right. Yeah. Um, and and that's well, and the one one in particular that I absolutely love is We Know. Oh, God, so, yeah. <laughs> we both do. So, <laughs> that's later. That's later. We'll get to it. Right. Um, what's interesting is, is on this next track is is just how it, it, it does that thing. It really kind of ha- – well, look, let's go back to yourself or someone like you, and you think about 3 a.m. 3 a.m. is a song that was written about his mother who was battling cancer, right? Yep. And But it sounds so upbeat. You know, you, you know, you're you, you, you don't really think it's one of those. It's it's a born in the USA where, yeah. <laughs> you know, you just think it's awesome. But no, this is about the mistreatment of veterans when they came back from Vietnam. Um, and here is another. It, this is an example of that for me is this next track is black and white people, because this is. Um, th- this is a this is a relationship kind of barely hanging on. I'm nursing a ghost of a chance. We'll get there. Let's. Let's listen to it first, then we'll talk about it. Just one last round of petty conversations. This song is is just like I'm telling you, it's upbeat. I'm sitting here. I had to turn the music down because I was like, it's getting so creepy. I just (laughs) I'm just singing along with it and everything, you know, and and um and it's just so like when you read through these lyrics, it's so good to me because it just captures it. But at the same time. You've just got this upbeat song. You've got those the 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 again the, the brass, the horns, and everything just coming in, and it's like, well, who is this Chicago playing, or what's going on right now? You know. <laughs> I love that. And this was a song like when Mad Season came. I think it was when Mad Season came out. I don't think it was any. I don't think it was a later album. Um, 
Matchbox did Storytellers. Mm-hmm. And Rob, this is one of the songs that they talked about, and Rob kind of introduced this as, like, when, like, you're in a place where, like, you're down and, like, you are a bit more, like, melancholic, and you look at people around you and they seem to be in Technicolor, but you are just, like, you feel like the shell of a person yep. where it's just, like, black and white. There's no color to you. Yep, yep. And, like, it's funny because he also said he was, like, you know, people will, like, hear, like, oh, black and white people. And they'll be, like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, it's about, like, race and everything. It's, like, no, it's not. No, it's it's about, a. Just listen to the lyrics. It's about television then versus television now and seeing things more in color and feeling like you're just drab and dull. And like also. Right. Yes. Yes. And, and two, like, I don't, like, it's just, look, it, it, ugh. It it oh, I love this song a lot. I love it a lot. It because you do get that feeling of just being stuck in something, you know. Whether it's a, whether it's a relationship that seems to be going nowhere, whether it's just a job or a life that seems, again, McDonald's five o'clock in the morning, you know, and technical. <laughs> I'm seeing all the Technicolor people, and I'm out, I'm back there in my my black and white life. Like, hey, we got guys. Did you make sure we've got enough sausage patties for the line today? You know, that kind of stuff. And I feel like when you when you kind of know what that like song's about, right? Like, again, it's something everyone can relate to. Like, they're not writing about these like crazy concepts or like something like extremely nuanced. Yeah. Like, everybody has felt that way in a job in a relationship in some way. That like when they hear the song, they're like, "Oh my god!" And because it's so upbeat, again, like talk about where it's like, okay, well, the song itself, if you don't pay attention to the lyrics, sounds like really upbeat and like peppy, where like not necessarily in the lyrics mm-hmm. so it, like, i love that stuff yeah no, that's I love yeah that. that's, i love that dichotomy well and two and i think that's the thing like these guys were writing things that you you feel and that you do relate to or that just kind of punches you in just the right way or grabs you like i say in just the right way you know and in this case it's you know, it is that it's that idea that because everyone has felt like you said, everyone has felt that way. Everyone has felt like, you know, well, here's how I've always felt. I've always felt like I'm a cartoon and everyone else is like real people and yeah, not, you, a, you know, not in a good way. Like I'm just the goofy cartoon that, you know, has has no real world stuff to offer to anybody. But I also realize that everyone has their own feeling of that way at times, you know, in life. And so this this encapsulates that and and i think that's the um that's kind of the magic of of the way he writes because he does write from experience he writes from different feelings and different things and so um so it it's that shared human experience that that yeah. we've all got um man crutch we're two for two yeah yeah we're about to be three for three i think so i think so so this is crutch <laughs> Taste. 
simple Cause you know damn well that I'm a simple man All these things go change like the weather And they stay that way until the weatherman says We're down, gonna waste Think you still a piece of that smile on your face I would like it erased There ain't no two ways about it No So he doesn't want to just use your love tonight. <laughs> no. <laughs> now here's my question for you, Steve, with yeah. this song. Mm-hmm. I know you love when people sing lyrics really fast. Right. Does this fall into that category? It does. It does. But but see, then then my my I have a certain place of of my morals just won't let me say the GD, and so that messes me up. I get tripped up over that. So oh, okay. yeah, I so, I so Chicka Cherry Cola is still a better song. So, well, no, I'm not. No, right, right. I can totally do Chicka Cherry. Well, one week is kind of my go-to fast lyric song. Um, okay. <laughs> it's man. Um, <laughs> so you can thank me later, everyone, for that one it's getting stuck in your head. <laughs> that's it for me. Yeah, that's. I'm out. Have a good night, everybody. Um, no, but what? I do like this song, and and so because it is the fast lyrics, of course I'm drawn to it, you know. But I also there's something they're doing in the way that they open up with the guitar and everything. It kind of feels bluesy. Um, yeah. It doesn't, you know. It 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 feels a little more rock and roll. And then he's doing that thing. I I like it when Rob Thomas is a little angry. Me too, Steve. Yeah. Well, I was totally gonna. When when he's got some edge to him, I I like uh, for whatever reason I just like because to me there's something about his voice and two about like the, around this time the way he looked because he's got some eyes on him, he's got those kind of pierce your soul kind of eyes when yeah. when he well, just that could be a little crazy yeah exactly little crazy eyed thing he's got some realtor eyes sorry Angie realtor Angie um <laughs> he, he's got he's he's got those eyes that, that can be a little bit crazy on you and. And so when he has these lyrics that, that are a little abrasive, a little angry, you know, you sit up and listen and you're like, well, what, what did she do to him? You know, yeah, bring it on, then go and use a lover, like a cigarette, the way that lovers do. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, so, so he's not happy at all. <laughs> he's, he's not enjoying this situation at all, but he can't, but also he can't get out of it. You know, that's, yeah. that's kind of the thing I get from this is like, it's a situation where he'd rather be this crutch. They don't want to be that, but if that's all he can do, that's um, what he could do. Yeah, yeah. You know what I like love about the song musically? Like, I love that. Like, it starts off like you said with like that loud guitar, mm-hmm. banging drums. Like, it's just loud. It's an abrasive intro. And then once you get out of that, what ends up being, like, the chorus, once you get into that verse and all that drops out and it's just the bass and the drums, yep. I freaking love that. When he gets into that kind of, like, you know, slithery, slimy lyric vocal delivery, I love the arrangement of this song. And you know me, I'm yep. like more lyrics person than music, but mm-hmm. I love how this song is arranged like that. Yeah, it's it's a great production because and again, it's that thing that makes you step up because he is doing that kind of rap sing that he's doing. Yep. But and so you have to pay attention. And so they give you the opportunity to pay attention. And I think there's something about the way everything drops out too that it 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 takes out 
like black and white people is fun. And so you'll miss some of that stuff because you're having fun, you know, with the jam of the song, with the groove of the song. This it's like, all right, we're going to take this fun away from you and you're going to hear this, you know, and it, and the, and it adds kind of a weight to what he is saying to what he's rap singing, you know, here in this song. So that by the time he gets to dig a little deeper and you realize all I'm building up, you're tearing down. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, ooh, been there. You little man. Yeah, been there. <laughs> so. <laughs> and then at the end where it's like all you needed was a crutch. Yep. It, like, he's then done. it's like we're pointing it back on you. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I could never be your crutch, but I could break you down. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Um, three for three. Three for three. I mean, really, truly, truly, three for three. Uh, th- so I don't know how you feel about this one. Mm-hmm. We'll get there though. This is we'll get there. Uh, this is last beautiful girl. Rob again, you know, like, <laughs> or or in this case, I, I would say resolved Rob, you know. Um, yeah, I definitely feel like it's one of those things where uh, he likes to do the thing where he like envisions like th- him outside of like the relationship or like looking back on the person that he was with mm-hmm. with other people. It gives me that kind of vibe, which another song will give me more of that later on in this yep. record. Yep, yep, yep. Um, <laughs> But it, it's interesting because, like, it, it's the, this is, you know, this is one of those things that's like, he's been brokenhearted or friend-zoned, which I know that's taboo to say. Um, but it, it's the idea of, like, look, you're, you know, you're not alone in this whole thing, and, and everyone gets hurt. And it's, you know, and you're just going, if you keep doing the way you're doing, you're, you're going to keep getting hurt. Yeah. And, like, I love the lyrics in the song, like, um, this will all fall down, like, everything in the world, this too must end, and all the words we said, we can't take back. Mm -hmm. Again, like, I feel like that's a position that everybody has been in, where it's just like, oh, like, I know that this is done, 
Yeah. I actually just watched a, a series finale of a show last night where that was essentially what happened, where they were like, this is done, isn't it? <laughs> Ooh, what was that? Um, it was, it's a show called Younger. I mean, the okay. last season was absolutely awful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like they kind of come to that realization that like, oh, this isn't going to work, right? Yeah? No? Well, okay. I, I never watched an episode of Dawson's Creek. Um, but Me I, either. But I saw a video the other day because there's that meme of James Vanderbeek like ugly crying. Crying, yes. And, and someone's like, this is what that's from. And like he's literally, she's sitting there talking to him. She's like, "I still want to be friends with us." And he's like, "Well, that's not going to happen, because you're going to you're going to say all these little sentimental things, and you're going to walk away and forget about me, and that's what you need to do now." And I'm oh. like, "Oh, that's pretty. I might have to go back and watch Dawson's Creek if it's got stuff like this and you know, teeny bopper <laughs> drama. I love teeny bopper drama. Love teeny bopper drama. I need I need to come back. Realtor Angie, you don't have crazy eyes, but." I've heard it said before about someone who did have crazy eyes. They called them realtor eyes. So that's, um, that, that's so, but I, I said, apologies to you because you don't, by the way, got to hang out with realtor Angie and Tenton the other week. They, they were in Rome, Georgia. Oh my God. Yeah. We had a great time, great family and, uh, and awesome time with those two. So good stuff. Um, I love how the next song is playing under. Yeah, I know. Right I didn't mean. I didn't mean for that to happen. I forgot <laughs> to stop the song. Forgot to stop it while we were talking about "Last Beautiful Girl." The the next song. This was uh, one of the big hits. I was gonna say this is like probably one of their. I would say top five biggest hits. I think so. I think so. In fact, I'm looking. I pulled up the Wikipedia on this album just to kind of get some some basic info. Does and, it have the charts? Yeah, it has. Um, in 2000. Uh, Bent went to number one on the U.S. Hot 100, and um, uh, and the Adult Top 40. Okay. Um, and if you're gone, went to number five on the Hot 100, but number one on the Adult Top 40. Okay. So it's there, and that's what this is. This is if you're gone, right? Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I had to pull it back up. I'm like, what if I just said the wrong thing and I look stupid? I entered the wrong song. I said the wrong song. My God. So no, this is a. <laughs> um, Tenton says I'm holding on to my man card. If you like Gilmore Girls, and you should try Dawson's Creek. So, I don't like oh, Gilmore God. Girls. This is if you're gone.
Don't break up song. Yeah, I mean, this is his uh, basically his letter to his uh, wife, yeah. Marisol. Mm. I mean, like, look, I like the line. Um, th- there's an awful lot of breathing room, but I can hardly move. Mm. Like all this space you've given me, I don't like. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't like it at all. Um, I love. You think I'm weak? I think you're wrong. Right. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Well, because like you know what you you know what the song's about, right, Steve? I, I well, I'm like I say, it's just a please don't break up song, as far as I know. But I'm sure there's more personal stuff to it. Yeah. So like, this was another storyteller song where he like talks about like when he met his wife. Like it was one of those things where like he knew like this is it. This is this is my person. Oh my god! Like this is great. It feels amazing. She's amazing, and she was like had a realization of like wait a minute you're a musician i don't know that i like the idea of dating a musician because i see how that ends up nine times out of ten and um he wrote this song where he's like i think i are i've already lost you i think you're already gone and i mean obviously they're still together yeah uh and he's written a lot of amazing songs about her, um, <laughs> including this one. But I mean, I think that is a valid as a chick. Like, I think that is a valid concern to have. Sure. All of a sudden you're like, dude, I think I love this guy. And like, I think he might be like the real deal, but he's a musician. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know how that's going to work. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, this is here. I actually someone actually put the quote here um, from Storytellers. And this is from Rob himself. He says, it wasn't going to be on the record, talking about if you're gone. Yes, another classic one of those things, like living on a prayer. <laughs> yep, yep. And um, and he says here that, uh, let me pull it right back here. I'm doing two things at once. He says, uh, I wrote it over the break uh, before med season, right before I met my wife. And it was kind of the situation where she had we had met, and it was good, it was big, it was strong. It was all going to happen, and she all of a sudden had this revelation that she was dating a musician, like you said, and it scared the hell out of her. She was like, I don't want to marry a musician. That's not going to work. And so I wrote this song as kind of like a letter to her. How disgusting is it that like I remember these like monologues? I think it's great. I think it's, I mean, like, look, that's why when you, when you were like, oh, I didn't do all the research I normally do with this stuff, like you needed it. That's kind of where I'm at. I'm like, like you needed to do research on this album. Come on, Kristen. I, I like to do it. Come on, Kristen. Um, and Tenton says in the chat, his conviction, the conviction of his voice in the song is amazing, and it does have French horns. Again, I, I don't know. I, that's what I'm interested in is who did they bring in? You know, was this just studio musicians, I guess, they had? I feel, why do I feel like it was like the Nashville Orchestra? Nashville String Machine. Um, <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I just saw it. Additional musicians. Um <laughs> This on Rest Stop Leave, You Won't Be Mine in Bed of Lies. The horn arrangements were done by the Atlanta Brass Society. Okay. On If You're Gone and Black and White People. So there you go. Um, 
Wow, that's pretty cool. I, look, well, you and well, you talked about that they recorded this in Atlanta, um, or part of it in Atlanta. So yeah, with the the Nashville String Machine, you got an. I was just in Nashville. Yeah, how was that, by the way? Uh, it's definitely not my city. I had yeah. a great time. Yep. Definitely not my city. Yeah, it's. Uh, I've been once, and I didn't really do downtown or anything like I guess you should do. Um, but it, it it had a different kind of feel to it. Like it, Memphis is is a much more real feeling kind of music city to okay. to be in. Um, you know, you just kind of you you got Bill Street there, and it just feels more like the, you know. It just it has it has a more authentic music city feel to it. Nashville is very much country music, heart of country music, Grand Ole Opry, all that good stuff, which is wonderful, which is fine. But and bachelorette parties. Oh really? Did y'all run into some oh. of those? Oh, Steve, that's all that's there. That's all. That's all they got. That is all that is there. That's all they so, got. Uh, <laughs> and a bar called Bowie's that, of course, I had to go to. How now? See how was that though? That that was that had to be nice. It was cool. I mean, it was off Broadway, which is like the main street. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So that was nice. Uh, the band that was playing played like Wallflowers and Goo Goo Dolls covers, and mm. they had David Bowie pictures all over the bar. So yeah. I that was nice. Uh, it wasn't as great as the Beetlejuice Speakeasy. That would have been where I would have parked my tush the entire time we were there. Okay, but. cool. Yeah, cool. Well, um, here we are. This is the... Uh, We're totally in the sweet spot of the album. We really the are. We really are, by the way. Um, this is... We're this... moving into three heavy hitters. <laughs> well, and, and with the title track, by the way, this is Mad Season. But I know it won't last for long And I've been guessing And I could have been guessing wrong You don't know me now I kind of thought that you should somehow Does that whole mad season got you down? Well, I feel stupid But it's something that comes and goes I've been changing I think it's funny how no one knows We don't talk about The little things that we do without When that whole mad season comes around So why you gotta stand there Looking like the answer now It seems to me You come around I need you now you think you can cope You figured me out That I'm lost And I'm hopeless I'm bleeding and broken Though I've never spoken I come undone In this mad season Mad season, talk about it maybe my favorite matchbox song ever really? i love this song i love this song so much steve like it's ridiculous um and like that lyric of i feel ugly but i know i still turn you on in the way he sings it so good <laughs> um 
And, like, this is one of those, like, crazy moments where, like, I, like, I didn't love Matchbox 20 when, like, this was, like, coming out. Mm -hmm. Because this was just not the music that I was listening to at that time. Like, they were in my orbit because, obviously, they were on the radio all the time. Right, (laughs) Um, But later, when I, like, really got into them, again, like, with the lyrics and all this sort of stuff... I was like, okay, so I'm going to go see them live, and I definitely have missed the boat on a lot of songs. A lot of songs that I'm probably never going to get to hear ever again live. Um, And one of those was Mad Season. I was Mm. like, I'm probably never going to hear them do Mad Season. And the first time I ever saw them, they played Mad Season, and they also played maybe potentially the next song on this record, Back to Back. And I was like three rows from the stage, and I lost well, he did that because y'all were best friends. Remember that time you met him and y'all were like all best friends and everything. We are. I mean, that was like a pretty great moment. Like Rob Thomas was one of those rock stars that like you meet and you're not disappointed. Like where he introduces himself and he's like, hi, I'm Rob. And you're like, honey, I, I'm like, I know who you are. I was like, I'm Kristen. It is nice to meet you. Yeah, but you know what? How do you do that when you're when you're famous? You know, like what? I don't know. That's one of those things. It's like, what do you do? You when you're when you're meeting someone even though they know who you are it's still kind of a weird thing to not yeah. in, not I mean, introduce she was yourself like, so down to earth like honestly if i could recommend rock stars to meet i would recommend you meet rob thomas like he was so nice and so great i was like rob honestly if i could be real with you right now me and like my really good friend from high school like my best friend from high school we met at a slumber party at sixth grade and we bonded over how cute we thought you were like that's how i met my best friend he's like oh my god he's like you're (laughs) kidding me i'm like no i'm really not that's so you great. And Brett Scallions from Fuel, but we that's, won't talk about him. Well, that's funny. <laughs> that's awesome. So, th- what I'm surprised to hear though is that this is one of your favorite Matchbox 20 songs. That's amazing. Um, it is. You know, and actually thinking there's another song on this album that might be my favorite, but again, right. in my top five, in my top five. So, two out of my top five for sure are from this album. Um, this is another one of those. Um, unrequited love kind of songs um that again especially when you're younger you know in in your certain points in life you definitely feel in in at least in that way you know it's that whole (laughs) we've been we've been on a friend's kick lately and um and and i love the one where everybody finds out about monica and chandler and it's the they don't know that we know that we know that they know um, Joel, you can't tell him. Couldn't if I wanted to. Um, but when uh, when when Phoebe's gonna act like she's all attracted to Chandler, and she's like, "I want to tell you the most, but you're the one person I can't tell." You know, it's it's that kind of thing when he's like, you know, you figured me out. I'm lost. I'm hopeless. And um, you know, bleeding I, and broken. Yeah, I think it's funny that no one knows. You know, but you're standing there looking like the answer now. And so it's that thing of where we think so much that 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 people don't know what's going on with us a lot of times. But a lot of times those that are close to us, we spend time with do. And a lot of times it's not lost. People know that you like them. Guys, here's a here's a hint, guys. Most of the time people know that you like them because of the way you act toward them. Um, 
you know, it's just a matter of just stepping up and, and doing something about it. <laughs> so, little. Just, look, it's just from me. From me to you guys. From me to My you. My aunt always says you should, you will never have to question if a guy is into you if he is into you. That's right. <laughs> that's right. I, yeah, that's, that's, now, now, what's funny is when I first met my wife and we were spending time for a couple of weeks there together, um, I was trying to not come on too strong. I really liked her. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, in trying not to come on too strong, apparently... She was like, he doesn't like me. She was having conversations with her friends saying, well, he said he just wanted friends in Rome, if nothing else. I guess that's what we're going to be. So... See, it's a fine line. It's a yeah. fine, fine line. Yeah, yeah. So. Most people don't get it. That's why there's so many of us that are single. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's uh, it's the mad season. And also, this kind of has that, it's got a fun little groove to it as well. Um, but it also has some, some neat, cha- just musically, it has some neat changes that it goes through. Um, yeah. You know, when, like, like he goes to... From the, the 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 opening verses and everything, when he's there, you know, it's just kind of got that kind of bebop and I feel stupid, but I know it won't last for long. And and then when he and then it kind of builds up, you know, mm-hmm. and then Until it's that just, chorus. Right. And then and then it and then it just changes pace again and it changes tone again. It's just it's a really neatly put together song. Um they had the same producer on this album as the first album, which I think is which really is interesting. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because they do not sound the same. No, it's well, and I think that speaks to uh, the guy's name is Matt Surletic or Surletic. Um, okay. I think that speaks maybe to his his ability as a producer to to kind of work with the talent, you know, yeah. and get and get what they want, and and not be a one trick pony as a producer. So. Um, Good on him. But yeah, this is a this is a really really unique sounding song to me, and I I think it's fun that you know, like you say, that it is your favorite one of your favorite songs. I just think that's really cool because this is not one of my favorite songs. I don't dislike it at all. I think it's a I think really it's a, I think it's a great song, but I wouldn't put it up there as one of my favorites. It's not like a standout. Right, right, right. It's not like this next song. <laughs> It's to I was me. just going to say, it's not like the song that follows it, right. it which it's, we know is like one of Steve's favorite songs of all time. Yeah, it's not Rest Stop. But this is. Just three miles from the rest stop. Slams on the brakes. She said I tried to be here, but I'm not. So could you please collect your things? Well, I don't wanna be cold, I don't wanna be cruel, but I gotta find more than what's happening with you. One of you to open up the door. You're dreaming when it came to mind that I didn't care And I thought, hell if it's over Well, I had better end it quicker I could lose my nerve Are you listening? 
look, one of my favorite shows. Take it away, Steve. One of my favorite radio shows, or or the radio show upon upon which I base all, everything that I've ever done, and just trying to be emulate them, not imitate, but emulate them. These guys will go into the same stories oftentimes over and over again, um, just because they're sitting around talking like we're doing. And that's what happens a lot of times. You end up kind of retelling things or re reasserting an opinion. I will never forget the first time I heard this song driving up. Um, at this point, I would have been on I-75, uh, no, I-85, headed up. And, um, and, <laughs> and, and hearing this song and just being like, oh my gosh, this is one of the most harsh, cruelest, BA things I've ever heard before in my life. <laughs> when he says, while you were sleeping, I was listening to the radio and wondering what you're dreaming. And she says, and it came to mind, I didn't care. I didn't care. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I could not wait to let other people hear this song. Mm -hmm. I was like, how is this not getting radio play? Why am I hearing Bent on the radio and not this? Not and that not Bent is a bad song, but like this was just so... And, um, and then later, you know, and so, I, and I've said that that's one of those things I've said on this show time and time and time again uh, about what I like about this song and, and just the way it, it, it this song grabbed me in, in a different way than angry grabbed me. Angry grabbed me. I was like, let's go on this ride. This grabbed me. It's like, Hey, look what we can do. Look what I can yeah. do with words and, and stuff and just absolutely shock you. And then to find out it was pretty much a true story. Um, yeah, it was. It's just, I mean, it's hilarious and sad all at the same time. Um, how could you do that to Rob Thomas? Well, how could you do it to anybody? I mean, that's not a decent human thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> three miles, God. Well, yeah, and as a fatty, I just think, three miles? Oh, heck no. You're going to let me off at the rest stop up there where I can at least get to a payphone pretty easily. Um, there's also something that's happening while he's doing the, the verses, and um, and it's with the bass guitar, like, like the, the the dude's just running the bass, slapping the bass, yeah. man. Um, slapping dot bass. Oh, that radio show that I'm telling you about. They they nickname their interns, and they've gotten interns back. This is the first batch of interns they've had since the pandemic and everything, and and so they always give their interns nicknames. And so throughout the years, they've had hundreds of interns with hundreds of names. Well, they had one intern come on. She's like had won like a stringed instrument competition playing the banjo. And she's like, okay. yeah, I play the banjo and the bass. And so they're like, slapping the bass. We want her name to be slapping the bass, man. <laughs> I'm slapping the bass, man. Slapping the bass, man. Um, but when... Do, do, you, do, do you hold it that high when you do it? <laughs> <laughs> but let's give, let's give credit where credit is due. Brian Yale is the bass guitar player's name. Okay. And Brian... I just what he's doing there, the way he's running, he's running up and down, and just kind of giving it a groove behind what's going on. You know, you hear that down, down, down. You hear that because that's how it starts out. You know, but as he's singing and you're paying attention to him, you're you're you know, if you're not careful, you'll miss. It's a groove that's going on with him while he's doing the the doing the lyric, doing the verses and everything. There's a lot of good bass grooves happening on this record. Mm -hmm. Like I would love, like you know how people do, like the isolated like vocal tracks. Yep. Like I would genuinely love to hear like an isolated bass track for some of these songs, because, like you said, like it's prevalent. Like you hear it. It might not be the first thing you hear. Like obviously you hear that you know that guitar over the top. Mm -hmm. 
but it's still prevalent enough to hear it, and it's not like it's just blending into the background. Like, you're hearing him slap at the bass, and mm -hmm. it's freaking good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. That's that's the thing. I, um, I just I actually just Googled isolated bass tracks, Matchbox 20. Um, <laughs> we love a good groove. I do love a good groove. So, well, I don't see anything that would be this. Damn. So, anyhow. Um, so, yeah, listen, we have talked on this show time and time again, rest stop. And I'm just going to tell everyone, don't be surprised if it comes around again. <laughs> All right. It's one of those songs that just goes for so many things. Yeah. Well, you know, when one of the things that happen in life is when you have an external hard drive, sometimes the thing starts to sputter and wear out on you. And then it's like a race to get to the store, get Amazon to send you a new external hard drive. Um, and, and that has happened recently in my life, but I have like several where I've just been kind of like, and everything's scattered across several hard drives. And so I finally got one. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get everything on this bad boy. And so I've been going through a lot of older hard drives and I have been finding some treasures hmm. and, um, <laughs> and, and I mean like some, some big honking show late night mixler show real treasures, that sort of thing. Oh, I saw you found one today that's going on Patreon. Yes, yes. Well, right now on Patreon, we have several up. We have, and there'll be another one tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. will drop. Um, I'm calling them the Lost Big Honkin' Show episodes because they're ones that got done from my living room or from when I finally moved into the Star Wars room. Um, th these are the ones that would be the late night shows, the ones that I would do. I'd get up in the morning just to try to keep the show going, and then finally I just said, "All right, screw it. We're going late night on Friday nights and stuff." And so, <laughs> what's what's? It's daunting to look and see five hours on a podcast episode, and I know there's a lot of that that's just music playing and stuff, and in some of those great commercials that were made. But one, of the, some of the stuff I found is like some of our, you know, older episodes, of course, um, that you know I always have, but I just, you know, just putting them all in the right place and finding them all in the right place. But listen, don't think that we didn't do a Matchbox episode early on in our yeah, existence. You know, that's there. Uh, so go back and you'll hear me extolling the virtues of rest stop even way back then. So <laughs> it's so. like, it's one of the foundations. Like it's one of the, the foundation bricks that was laid. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it indeed, indeed it is. Uh, rest stop, Def Leppard, Bruce Springsteen. And Bon Jovi. And Bon Jovi. Indeed. I think Bon Jovi was our second episode that we did. I, I think, think we so. did Crossroads. Yes. Oh. <laughs> and a few deep tracks that I had to throw in. That's fine. Yeah. Well, you know, Crossroads is the greatest, greatest hits album ever. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Um, golly, there's just so much to love about this album. And, and, and I think, I think the depth of, of lyricism on this album is one of the is one of the high points for me. Just kind of doing the deep dive and everything. And um and so this is this is really not that much different. It's the burn.
So is uh, is this song about just not being able to get that feeling for someone? I think it's like that feeling for someone or really anything, like right. just not not feeling connected to anything. It is it is kind of the leftover uh, lethargy of the '90s. Yeah, this yeah. is definitely a very '90s themed song. Yep, yep. Because I'm I'm going to tell you as a Gen Xer and someone who was. Uh, teenager in the 90s and everything and that's kind of in my era um that was all of us uh we uh, my my generation is probably one of the most underachieving generations in the history of mankind um (laughs) because i tell you what we know we want to sing but we don't know all the words that kind of thing you know it it really is thought about leaving but yeah couldn't get a ride um, and we just deal, you just know, apathy, you, yeah, just like straight apathy, just straight apathy, just roll with it. And yeah, but then there is that, that thing in the, in the nagging back of your mind. It's like, well, how do lonely people make a life? Cause I'm, I'm kind of lonely, you know, like, but I got no gumption to get up and go do. <laughs> I love like, and just like that one lyric of like, what is it? Like trying to get a handle on a reason to shine. Yes. Like yes. that. It's like you're trying to find somehow to be, you know, elevated and excited and to shine or be happy about anything, and you can't get it. Yes. Um, and I'm telling you, it is leftover 90s lethargy is what yeah, it is. Yeah, this is honestly – I know that the um, – drummer drummer slash like guitar player for matchbox 20 Mm because he switches paul um i know this is like one of his favorite songs i don't love this song yeah yeah it's uh it it it, it's funny to me because knowing what it's all about and and just kind of the the kind of happy not a bouncy feel but you know the do you know kind of like you just it has a it almost has a sitcom opening feel it has uh it it, it, it's that it's that thing where it's like happy but when you listen to it you're like well he's not unhappy (laughs) but he just doesn't know how to get happy i guess the dude abides i don't know um But there he is. Uh, but it, it, it is that thing where it's like, it's just easier to sit on the couch. And I'm telling you, from the Beavis and Butthead generation, that, that, is, the, that, is, the, that is those of us who, who were asked to achieve anything in the 90s. We're like, no, we're good. Yeah, think about it. You had the Beavis, it was like Beavis and Butthead. You had Wayne's World. Yeah. 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 It was not cool to be 
an, an overachiever by any stretch of the imagination. And now listen, I'm going to say this. I was not an overachiever because it wasn't cool. I was not an overachiever because I just, I, I guess I was just a lazy kid. I just found it was, a, it was a lot more fun just to kind of go with the flow and see what happened, you know. I... It, it, I feel that. Yeah. It's funny. I know people are listening like, Steve, you get so passionate about all kinds of things. That honestly came later in life, except with a few things. And most of the times I kind of kept a lid on the passion. Um, I was just kind of like, hey, what'll be fun to do this time? What's going to be easy to do? And, and See, the, you put a lid on the passion. I didn't and right. got tortured for it. <laughs> well, and to this day, well, I got tortured for other things. But to this day, um, I can't stand a hassle. Like, if it looks like anything is going to remotely be a hassle, I'm like, eh, let's just not even worry about it. <laughs> let's just put that off. Yeah. that's exa- Let's put it off. That is, I mean, <laughs> I should, I you know those, you know how, I, the, lo- the live, love, pray, or whatever it is, live, love, laugh. Um, I should get, put it off in that little font and just, you know, put it over the door the way people do the live, love, laugh. Put it off. Because um, that's my mantra in life just put it off oh they got my order wrong well go tell them you got it yeah it's just too much hassle i'll just eat what they brought me oh yeah i'll just same yeah because then then they're gonna spit in it or something i mean well i know how to be nice to the people like i (laughs) apologize but i still don't trust it well my thing is is like i apologize profusely to the person like i am so sorry i did not communicate this well enough I meant to tell you. We can put it all on you. Yeah. Well, that's, and when you do that, like, oh, no, that's no problem. I'm sorry I didn't hear you say that. Like, a lot of times they're a lot nicer about it when you're not like, hey, I asked for no onions. You know, okay, well, we'll fix you right up. Yeah, we'll fix you right up, sir. And so, yeah, just a little bit of, a little bit of, a little bit of kindness. You catch more flies, you catch more flies with honey than you do vinegar. Agreed. But then someone once told me, who wants to catch flies? <laughs> Same. But, I mean, I just got a bunch of free whiskey from being nice to somebody. So. Oh, well, party at Kristen's. <laughs> I always have a full liquor cabinet. <laughs> and the burn, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. Yeah, I feel the burn. <laughs> there you go. Here we go. This is this is the big hit off of this album. Um, this is Bent. <laughs>
The, musically, this doesn't feel like you're, yourself or someone like you, but I think there's still something about it that feels more like yourself or someone like you than any other song on this album. And really? I, I think, yeah, there's something about like the chorus and, and, again, not the music, not the composition of the music, but I think just maybe the cadence of the, of the song and stuff. I, I can see why this was pushed out as a single. I could see that. I definitely can see how this was pushed out as a single because I mean, talk, talk about ear earworm. Yep. Yes. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> I love too, like the um. I started out clean, but I'm jaded. Right. Like talking about how there's like a like a little edge to Rob, like we like a little edge on Rob. Yeah. I yeah. get that in like the delivery of the lyrics in this song. Like I love I love how he delivers the lyrics of this song a lot. And it's just, it's crazy to me that, like, I think, like you said, I think this was the biggest hit off the record. Mm hmm Yeah. Yeah, it was, it, it hit number one on the, the Hot 100. Um, Which is so crazy, because, like, I feel like looking back, like, 21 years in the future, like, if you were to, like, have somebody that was, you know, living in this time, that mm -hmm. is, like, you know, knows Matchbox 20, knows this album, yeah. and you were to look at this track list, I feel like you wouldn't pick out bent as like the big song like you might be like oh yeah i know that but song. you know you know i think this was the first single they released off the album though it was yeah and, and so i think that has something to do with it you, you get a little bit of that carryover success from yourself or someone like you with 3am and rainmaker and those things um but when you and so so just by the nature of here's the new one from matchbox 20 you know and that's what I'm saying. There's something about the cadence of the mu the, the 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 singing and the and the stuff that it is a little more full. The sound is more full than what anything was on on yourself or someone like you. But but it still is familiar enough that people are like, okay, we'll take this. And then I think when they picked up the other album, that there were fans who were like, whoa, what's happening here? Um, not that this was an unsuccessful album by any stretch of the imagination for you know yeah. four time platinum, but but there was definitely some folks that was, you know, there, there were folks that weren't like, hey, what's going on? Um, and if I recall, the video for this song was huge. Yes. I, yep. I remember it on VH1, like, because MTV mm -hmm. didn't play Matchbox 20. VH1 played Matchbox right. 20. Well, at this um, point, at this point was MTV, I guess they had TRL. They had TRL, baby, yeah. every day, every yeah. day. Who's going to win being the number one spot today? Is it going to be Britney Spears or is it going to be Corn? We don't know. <laughs> but This is the time I grew up in, ladies and gentlemen. It's like, of, oh, the Corn fans and the Britney fans are going at it. Hey, there's a camera on me. I better go, woo! Yeah, um, I better lose my absolute... Like, there, there was a BuzzFeed article a while ago that was like, here's what it meant to be a teenager in the 90s. And it was like, everybody is just collectively losing their mind at every time, like, every given moment. And it was just all pictures of girls, like, crying, screaming, flipping out from TRL, mostly mm -hmm. with Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. <laughs> That's what that show was. And with the most, like, look, could there is there anyone who has a more boring personality on the face of the earth than Carson Daly? No, but I think you need that oh, on a show yeah. that has so much energy coming yeah, from you, the, like the fifty people that are allowed in the studio. He was he was very like there. It's almost like the um that when you see the clip of like the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show, 
you know, it's almost like the Beatles and, and all of a sudden just this eruption from the audience, you know, and it's like, well, Ed's trying to still be a little classy here. Um, <laughs> and the girls are like, nope, I'm just peeing my pants. So it smells like pee in the room. That's, that's what the girls are doing. That's wow. That's right. <laughs> so I mean, that happens. Steve. Can you help me? I'm bent. Um, <laughs> But yes, I do remember this song. I do remember it being on VH1 as well um, because I gave VH1 the respect because they were still playing a lot of... Um, the respect? Yeah, the respect because they were still playing a lot of videos and stuff and they had pop-up video. Pop-up video. Oh, my God. That is where I can attribute a lot of my useless music knowledge to is that freaking pop-up video. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a problem. Yep. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> I also like that this song, he admits just how needy he is. Yeah, well. <laughs> you gotta be... I feel like get little hints of that throughout yeah. Rob's songwriting a little bit. Well, you, And you gotta be upfront about that stuff in a relationship. Hey, I'm needy. Just know I'm needy. That's the kind of stuff you don't want. You don't want people going in blind with you on. Yeah, no. I think everybody needs to be on the same page if that is, uh, in fact, like a fact. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm trying to remember because we've talked a little bit before about this album, you yeah. and I, and I'm trying to remember if it's this one or you won't be mine. If it's Bed of Lies, or you won't be mine. That you absolutely like. You kind of lost your mind over one time talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not Bed of Lies. Okay. All right. Good. Well, here we go. This, but this is. No, I would not sleep in this bed of lies. So toss me out and turn in. And there'll be no rest for these tired eyes. I'm marking it down to learn it. So who's who's lying? I feel like he's t 
tired of lying. Like, he's like, I'm not going to pretend to be somebody I'm not for you. Right. Yep. Yep. That's the vibe I get. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at on this. Because he says, I can't fake another hollow smile. Yes. You know, it's, it's, I... But at the same time, it, it's that it's that thing of I don't want to be the one to end this thing either because he says I don't want to be the one who turns the whole thing over. <laughs> Little codependency here. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, again, I think it just goes back to dude was writing about you know times in his life and things he remembered and experiences he had that I think a lot of people and especially a lot of guys have been through, you know, because a guy never wants to break up with a girl whether he wants mm-hmm. to be in that relationship or not, like because. Because no matter how much he doesn't really have the feelings for her anymore, there's there's this air of respect that he still has where he's like, but I don't want to hurt this person because I do respect her and care enough about it. And so they end up, a lot of guys end up getting that trap. Well, I don't want to hurt her. Well, you can't avoid that. You yeah. know, if she's into you and you're not into her anymore, you know, you, you can't avoid the hurt that there's going to be. But you, you also need to just kind of do this, rip it off like a Band-Aid. You know, don't end up like... Again, Chandler and Janice that one time at the coffee shop was like, here's the thing, Janice. I'm so bing, bing, bing. You're boom, boom, boom. And, oh, my God, I hit her. <laughs> Janice. Or for me, uh, don't be like Eric in Boy Meets World where, you know, he's like, I think you're a psycho. I think I need to be as far away from you as humanly possible. You need to have your br- part of your brain removed. And, you know, this person thinks they're a bunny. Don't be like that. I, I missed that reference altogether. I guess I didn't really watch Boy Meets World. <laughs> oh, my God, I was obsessed. Still am, still love Why it. was he telling someone this? Um, because he was trying to get this girl out of uh, from playing like music in front of his dad's store. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I'll have to send you the clip. But he's like, I think you're a psycho, and then he's like, I think you need to be with somebody who's had part of his brain removed and thinks he's a bunny. And then he screams, he's like, check, because he's call- he's calling for the check this entire time. And then she gets really upset, and instead of writing a really happy song, which she's been singing the entire time, and it's borderline annoying, um, she turns basically into Alanis Morissette and writes mm. her version of. You ought to know called shallow. All right. Well, there you go. It's like that time they asked Phoebe not to play because there was someone else better playing in the coffee house. And so she went <laughs> out on the side of the road and was reading on the sidewalk and was singing angry music. Yep, basically. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Winding it down, three more tracks here after Bed of Lies. This one is Leave. Saying we ever had the right to hold on, 
I think one of the saddest lines in all of music mm-hmm. is I'm not saying there wasn't nothing wrong. I just didn't think you'd ever get tired of me. Tired of me. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that is that is a heartbreaking lyric of music. This is the depression song. Like yes. this is like we've broken up and I'm in the depression yes, phase. Yes. Yes. Well, you know, I was just thinking about it while I'm li- li- listening to this and this is completely new thought that's popped into my head. Love it. And and so you'll have to excuse me while I try to flesh all this out. But I'm sitting here and I'm and I pulled up lyrics while I'm while I'm listening. This is one of those songs though that I always that one lyric stood out to me, you know, from day one back in the day. Um but you know, twenty one years ago, if you will. Um but as I'm as I'm thinking about this album as a whole, Mad Season, um, the way it starts out, hey, it's good, I'm not angry. You know, mm-hmm. and and you go through all these different things, and it's a lot of, you know, angsty kind of finding your place in the world. You, you it's it's such a cool theme for a sophomore outing of an album on on the big public square yeah. for one thing, because because on one hand, you know, who are we going to be? You know, this is this is what we this is what we hit with. Are you going to leave us? Or are you going to stay with us? So we're trying to find that out. But also, here's some here's some stuff from my heart and my life and experiences I've had. You know what it's like. You get this. You know, like that. It's almost like he's saying to us, the listener, you know everything that I'm feeling in this song. You know what this what the speaker is feeling in this poem. You know what's going on because you've been in that breakup where you knew there was something wrong, but you were just going to stay with it because you weren't tired of each other really, but you, you knew maybe you need to get out of that. And, and you know that it was over and it still hurts that it was over. And now you're seeing what, here's the thing when he talks about, you're just trusting someone else. There you go. Just trusting someone else. It's like, that's the hard part of the breakup, regardless of who initiated it. When you see that person move on. Yeah. You know, and when you see them move on and you haven't moved on. Right. Right. (laughs) You know, but there's so much of that of a similar feeling throughout this entire album that you you almost get the feeling that it's like that is the mad season. The mad season is that that leading up to the breaking up, the the in the in the breaking up and the aftermath of the breaking up. You know, the that moment of almost getting your heart broken, breaking someone's heart, having your heart broken, someone breaking someone else's heart, and then what happens after that? That is a mad season of life. That'll it's enough to make a Steve. Ma- yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's I I probably beautiful. just I probably just stumbled onto something that everyone's like, yeah, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's like that's so good. And I mean, when you think about it too, like it's a very raw album. Like this, I feel like the themes of this album they're very raw. Yeah. Like it's like one of those things where it's like you essentially like have an exposed nerve mm-hmm. that I feel like like he's hitting on with a lot of this. And I mean, think about it. Like when people are emotionally invested in their bands and their lyrics and their songs, 
that just translates to, for the most part, very big success. Because mm-hmm. everybody's, like you said, everyone's experienced these emotions. Everybody's experienced these feelings. So everybody relates. And especially in a band like this where it's like, okay, we have a songwriter. This isn't like, okay, we're going to just do like, you know, silly pop songs, da-da-da. It's like, no, we're going to do like pop. We're going to definitely be pop influenced and have, you know, heavy pop leanings. But our songs are going to have more depth than just yeah. kind of like, you know, a Barbie girl, if you will. Well, you know, the thing about pop music is sometimes pop music will, will surprise you, you know, with with a, with a surprisingly deep lyric or two or or you know but or or a deeper theme that maybe you're not really expecting to get out of pop music you know you just want to dance you just want to have that fun thing i i remember um i was doing a wedding i was djing a wedding back in the teens uh the 2000 teens um <laughs> and uh it was a wedding reception or something and someone came up and said and it was in the it was in the call me maybe era um oh Carly Rae Jepsen. Yeah, yeah. And so I remember I had a buddy there, and I looked at him like, consider this line. Before I met you, I missed you. Or how's she Before you came into hey, my life. I just met you. Oh, before you came into my life, I missed you so bad. I, I, missed, I missed you, you so, so bad. bad. Yeah. So, so bad. I'm like, consider, consider that line. <laughs> consider the line of someone who has now found the person that they, they think they love, they think they're, they, they want to be with, and and it's so powerful that they're like, I missed you and didn't even realize it. You weren't even in my life, but I missed you. I'm like that's that's some deep stuff right there. And he's like, dude, it's call me maybe. I'm like, I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> every now and again, every now and again, you know, there'll something that'll sneak up on you. But here, like you say, he's a songwriter, and and that's what that's what he's doing. And uh, you know, think about all the stuff that we. Um, that that we that we talk about a lot on this show and and the times when we really kind of just start stop and dig down we've done it a lot with Bruce Springsteen because the themes I didn't grow up in a steel town didn't grow up with a steel town worker of a father but but Independence Day speaks to me having grown up in a small town and the oppression of that kind of life of like there's got to be more than where I'm at right now Um, you know, and when you feel that, when you relate to that, yeah, you're going to latch on and it doesn't help if it's got a good hook. I mean, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt if it's got a good hook, you know, and then you just continually sing it all the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but I, I really do love leave, um, because of, because of how I think the rawness of, of the lyrics and everything, I don't, it's something about the air, the stage of life I'm in now. And this is one of the things that happens as you move through life, you've got to change and grow and expand. So it doesn't speak to me like it did 20 years ago. It doesn't speak to me like it did 15 years ago, but I, but I still can conjure up those feelings and, and those, and, and just completely relating to everything that's going on in this song, mm. you know? And, and I, I think it works. So that's my take on leave. I loved it. I thought it was a great revelation. So. <laughs> I mean, buddy, I truly mean it. I love that. You know, I love when you like kind of like delve into stuff like that. Well, yeah. Well, my, this was just the revelation about the whole album. But as far as Leave goes, it's one of those songs that I did feel really felt, you know, in in in, in my in my heart back in the day. I don't I don't so much anymore, but it definitely 
can conjure up that feeling and remember and, and still appreciate so much what it was. So this is Stop. Stop! Yes, it's true that I believe I'm weaker than I used to be I wear my heart out on my sleeve Oh, and I forget the rest of me Yes, there's times I've been afraid And there's no harm in that I pray Cause I'm more frightened every day Someone will take the hope I have away But you gotta give it up to get off sometimes Gotta give it up to get off sometimes Gotta give it up to get off sometimes, I know We just keep going back to that codependence, don't we? I know. That's like another theme of this record. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't realize it. How about just breaking it down here? I'm like, wow, this is really about a lot of codependent relationships. Like when he says, all the times I've given in, you fit me like a second skin. It's like, mm. uh-huh. yeah. I love um, I love the lyric of like, walk in the rain, you will even if you're never going to change. Good God, need a little love now. You'll find out what you think you're going to be, child. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like, again, that like, you know, that Rob Thomas, a little bit of like, mm, like, you know, twist in the knife a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But. I love the drums in this song, too. Like, I love like the hitting it on like, you could hear it hit on like the metal Mm -hmm. It's like the sticks hit on like the edge. Love the drums in this song. This is what we call a little bridge. I'm ready to forget the reasons that keep me here. That's, I mean, that is, good night. I don't know if anyone's ever been in a relationship with a total psycho, but I'm just saying. (laughs) Rob Thomas obviously has. I I feel like he was, uh, and he might have been, but anyhow, that's, I know that's a hateful thing to say, but my gosh. Um, and two, if you, if you've got a little codependency about you, you know, and you're in that kind of situation where they got their claws in you, it's hard. It's a hard place to be. And at some point, you just want to say, stop. Stop doing this. You know, just quit. And You just uh, got to play the song. Stop using me up. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not in that now by any stretch. Please don't don't, don't think I'm talking about my current situation. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking circa 97, 98-ish in my life. 1997, 98. Um, so, <laughs> Thanks for the clarification. Yeah, 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 definitely. I, I just want everyone to realize. We thought it was 1897. <laughs> I love my wife. I'm happily married. And um, oh, you're talking about the clarification of the <laughs> of the century, not the oh, yeah, not the relationship. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, moving on. So, <laughs> so this whole album ends with this really haunting oh. 
situation here. Um, so good. <laughs> well, let's just play it. It's You Won't Be Mine. for it, Kristen. Oh my god, I think this is my favorite Smash Rock song. <laughs> I knew it! Oh, I mean, this is the song that, oh, it's just so heartbreaking. Like, mm-hmm. just that whole idea of like, you know, you'll be strong, like, you're gonna do great things, you're gonna be great, you're gonna be amazing, but none of it is gonna be with me. Right. Like, just that idea alone is like heartbreaking. And yeah. This is this is the song that again I didn't expect to like ever hear this song live and mm. the first time I saw Rob solo he played this song and I screamed so loud because I wasn't expecting it he was like she's really excited she- <laughs> I, was like, I, didn't, I didn't mean to scream that loud oh my god and I feel like I have seen it cuz I've seen Rob solo more than I've seen Matchbox yeah yeah. Um, cause Rob always does, I mean, you know, last year, notwithstanding, mm-hmm. but, um, he always does those Atlantic city shows and I always try to go to at least one. That's like my birthday gift to myself. Cause they usually always happen the week after my birthday. So I always go by myself and have a great time and, um, always look a little out of place. People always look at me like I'm like the, the weirdo at, at those shows. Cause I just, <laughs> I don't look like your average Rob fan, right. but, um, and I've seen him play the song multiple, multiple times and tell the story about it and, you know, talk in depth about writing the lyrics of this song. And every time, like, I just, like, sit there and, like, my eyes get watery. Like, I, I like, almost start crying because of just how beautiful the song is. And, like, I don't know mm-hmm. why because, like, I can't, like, what he's writing about in this song, like, I can't personally relate to. Right. Like, I can't personally relate to this story. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just something so beautiful about how the song is 
arranged, mm-hmm. r- uh, written, sung. It's just stunning. And I think that, um, I mean, I joke that, like, I think this is my favorite Matchbox song, but I feel like there's a lot of Matchbox songs that, like, this is kind of the bar for yeah. a lot of Matchbox songs that, like, wow. like Hand Me Down. I love the song Hand Me Down. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love Hand Me Down. And, like, songs like that, like, obviously, like, things like, you know, uh, like, Disease, you can't necessarily compare the two. Right. But songs that are kind of of this, you know, you know, same cloth. This is the song. This is the standard. I hold them all to. And hand me downs amazing. But is is it as good as you won't be mine? Not quite. Right. So it can't overtake it. Um. But yeah, hand me down. Oh my god. No. Do we do to quote Derek Russell? Do we have uh, fifteen minutes to talk about hand me down? Do we... <laughs> <laughs> the the thing about it is just, and I'm going to go surfacey, very surfacey, uh, as just from the. From the, from an album layout standpoint to the way like you talk about this song this song just him at the piano doing his thing singing this song you got the strings behind him it builds as it goes and yeah the the subject matter is really intense because you're talking about letting someone go and 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 he's saying great things about the person and but you won't be mine you're gonna do these great things I won't be in your life and so there's an there's a there's a there's a bit of sadness in there with that statement, but also there's a bit of like determination too. You know, I'm I'm in acceptance. Like I'm accepting that you're going to go on and do these things and you won't be mine. And that's something yeah. you need to accept as well as we part ways. But also just the layout of this music, just the kind of the chill kind of feel that you have to start with and everything. It feels like most of the people have left the bar. Yes. You're just, you know, there's someone sweeping the floor while someone's up there just continuing to play, and his little string quartet is there with him still, and it's just kind of the winding down last of the last of the night kind of last call song, and and it just works perfectly as a closeout for this album. It does, and like. I mean, we've talked a lot about the whole codependency thing too, right? How like that's a theme. Like there's yeah. a lot of like underlying themes and it's like, I feel like this is kind of a great song to end on because like you said, it's like that, that almost like acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. He's... Where it's like, you're going to do all that. It's just, you won't be mine. Right. And there's the, there is the acceptance of I'm not in this thing anymore. And so the mad season has come to an end. Mm. What a ride. I tell you what. You darn skippy, what a ride. No sophomore slump for them. I don't think so. I really don't. I, obviously, it was a different sound. But, you know, as I'm looking at these other albums, um, they they have a different, you know, they don't kind of stay in the same place the whole time uh, yeah. with everything that they do. Um, they get a little more poppy. They get a little more rock and roll. They get a little little soft rock here and there, you know. Um Gosh, you mentioned hand me down. Oh. Have we got fifteen minutes to talk about hand me down? I mean, like, <laughs> good night. Uh, like that is to me, that's the gem off of that album more than you think you are. Um, I think I agree. I do agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I was just looking. I'm like, uh, yes. I do also love the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, hand me down is the gem. I'm not. I'm not ashamed to admit I love bright lights as well. Oh, beautiful song. Yep. 
beautiful song, so, even though it was a big hit. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, I didn't know at this point I wasn't listening to the radio. So when I get this album, it's like, I'm just liking what I like off the album. Yeah. Because, because. I mean, that's probably the best way to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Also, can we take a second and talk about the fact that Matchbox 20 released their last album in 2012? Wow. How, how has it been that long since they released North? It's been nine years. And And a great album. North is a great album. I would love to do like a series of shows where like we talk about bands and like, I mean, take it really seriously Mm -hmm. where it's like, you look at their last album and like, is it as good as the other material? Like, I feel like that would be fun. And also talking about sophomore and like sophomore slumps. I would love to do either like bands that totally fell into the sophomore slump. Mm -hmm. And we listen to the sophomore slump album. Right. Or bands that define defied the uh the stereotype and had a great second album well let me let me pull this up behind here real quick get the uh get the marvel notebook out steve i am pulling out the marvel notebook right now (laughs) i am opening it to the marked page that has some uh some ideas That that doesn't sound right and i'm looking at it and you're i mean i know you're right i'm just saying like it just doesn't sound right at all like it no, feels I just like would have been like oh yeah like 2016, right? No, <laughs> yeah, I I would believe I would believe 2015, 2016. Even that seems kind of like a distant kind of place for me. So we're talking last albums, sophomore mm-hmm. sophomore outings, sophomore slumps and sophomore successes. Okay, <laughs> got it. See, this is what happens. Sometimes you just got to come up with ideas on the show. Thanks, Smashbox 20. We've got tons of ideas that we've got. Most of our ideas we've come up with in the middle of a show, Kristen. I know. See, Tenton says, She's So Mean took a couple listens to land with me from about that time. Mm-hmm. She's So Mean is off that album, North. Right. And that was the lead single. And I, when I first heard that song, I didn't even know it was Matchbox. I was like, I like this, because talk about Earworm, because she's an uptown getaway, right. anything yep. goes a girl, mm-hmm. like, Earworm, and I was like, this song's really good, it's really catchy, and then I freaking was like, that's Matchbox, and honestly, like, totally underrated album, like, you have things like Overjoyed, Put Your Hands Up, yep. I Will, yep. English Town, <sighs> Like Sugar, Sleeping at the Wheel is another, like, hand-me-down-esque song. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, put your hands up is like so poppy. I know. Yeah. So we're gonna burn the place down. Put your hands up. Also oh, good. But overjoyed is another one of those that I really feel that I enjoy. I like it a lot. I also overjoyed like, is a total wedding song. I also like English Town. I do too because it builds. English Town has that build up. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. It's a. It, 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 listen, I don't think that they had. In in the albums they put out, and when you consider like '96 was yourself or someone like you, yep. And so it's five years later when you get Mad Season, mm-hmm. and then it's just another year before you get more than you think you are. I know. Like talk about a such a short turnaround. Mm-hmm. But so then and it's, then nothing for ten years. For ten years you get North, and so it's been nine years now. But with those four albums, you know, Exile on Main Street becomes. Right up there with Crossroads is a great, great, greatest hits album. That is, and that one had, um, oh my God, what was the big song of that? How far? How we've far come. we've come? Yeah, yep. 
Mm. That's some good, good stuff. Good on you, Matchbox 20. Talk about, like, a solid catalog and a band that we've talked about this too like you know sometimes a band comes around so much you almost get burnt out on them we're like i don't need to see them again this year i saw them last year mm-hmm. matchbox though they don't tour all the time so right. when matchbox comes around it's like whoa whoa whoa! i need to go see matchbox yeah i'm seeing rob thomas every year i'm not seeing matchbox every year and something i really like with rob thomas too like if he is not the sole songwriter on a song he does not play those songs in his solo shows. Oh, yeah, I can respect that. So, like, he saves that for the band. Like, he's like, nope, that is a Matchbox song. That's not a Rob song. Yeah. So sometimes you get to hear really cool deep cuts at a Rob show because mm-hmm. they're not necessarily songs that were popular. Like, You Won't Be Mine, you know, like, that's definitely a deeper cut. Um <clears throat> But then there's some songs that you're just, you're not going to hear because it's uh it's a Matchbox song. Andrew McMahon does something similar too. Mm-hmm. Well, I listen. I I think it's it's just funny to me that this is one of the groups that we've kind of adopted as as one of our own here on the show. You know, like this is you're never going to get us turning down a discussion about Matchbox Twenty. No. Um. You know, Matchbox Twenty. Like we said, Bruce, Bon Jovi, those are the cereal and donut conversations that I will always have in Saturday morning cartoon. You know, these are these are conversations that will always derail me. I'll always have those conversations. If you if you like, hey, what about this Def Leppard album over here? Okay, let's talk about it. You know, yeah, let's, let's get break into it down. that. Yeah, let's let's see what you got. You know, um, <laughs> and it and it really is the same thing with Matchbox Twenty. Now, honestly, uh, I don't I don't listen to music the way, of course, I used to. Um, music a lot of times for me is more background, just kind of filler noise than anything. And so episodes like this, where I get to take these things apart and look at the stuff and, and just break it down and also remember kind of the, the things, you know, I, again, I know I've told the stories time and time again of, 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 of hearing rest stop for the first time, but like, there's something about going back to that era and just seeing how far I've come, you know, just, just like, yeah. you know, the song we just mentioned, it, it's just kind of, it's an interesting thing and it, and it's fun to go back and like really break this stuff down. And so I, I think, I think this was a great idea on whoever's part had the idea. I think it was good times. Um, I think you did. I think I just texted you or sent you the picture. Oh yeah. You were trepidation. Right? You're like, haven't we talked about this enough? I was, I was like, I feel like we always talk about bad season. <laughs> we talk about matchbox. <laughs> Because I, I, we both just love it. We have to just accept that yeah, we love it. Yeah, I think you know, right here, another realization, I think it may be my favorite Matchbox album. I mean, I really do. So I feel like I might too. Yeah. So I have to I have to re-listen. I haven't listened to Matchbox like fully in depth in a long time. Yeah. And I like doing these listen throughs too, because like you said, Steve, I mean, I'm like a playlist person. Like I love playlists. Right. Um so like and I still listen to albums and stuff, but sometimes it's nice to just like sit down and like I know when we're doing Rock Out Loud, I'm I'm focused completely on Rock Out Loud. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm just listening, I'm invested. Like there's not like, oh yeah, look what's on TV or oh let right. me like answer right. this text. Yep. Um and sometimes you pick up on things differently. Like, you know, we had realizations tonight that are like, Oh my god, I like never thought of it this way. And also like I mean, I know we have, like, a core listening, like, you know, listening group of people, which is amazing. But, like, if somebody does find our podcast, they might be like, oh, 
this podcast about Matchbox 20. Like, let me check it out. And, like, they haven't heard the stories that we've told a million times. Right, right. Every... <laughs> like, our, like, like our little group that, that listens all the time, too. It's the, it's the Stan Lee uh, take of, of comic books. You know, he said every, every comic book is someone's first comic book. Every podcast is someone's first podcast, you know. So, and, and like, if this... I know me, like, as a podcast listener, like, I will look for, like, topics, mm-hmm. and then I will listen. So, like, I'll yeah. jump in, it'll be, like, a, 300 episodes into the podcast, and I'm just hearing it for the first time. <laughs> I want to address something really quickly before we go in, in the chat here. Um, yeah. Daniel Andy brings up, and it's a, and when you talked about sophomore flops, you know, it, it came to mind very quickly. And that is Hootie and the Blowfish's second album. Um, and Can I know, you read exactly what he said? <laughs> yes. Hootie and the Blowfish had the last Jedi of second albums. And depending on who you are, that's either a good thing or a really bad thing. And I know what Daniel Lindy means by that. And I'm. <laughs> and here's the thing. I, I'm inclined to disagree just a little bit because what Hootie and the Blowfish did in their second album was nothing different from their first album. It's and, like Boston. Same thing with Boston. And, and that was that was the downfall of that album is that there was nothing, but at the same time, whereas on Cracked Review, you had, you know, the big hits that came out that were Hold My Hand and, and Let Her Cry. And those and those hits were surrounded with some other songs that were pretty strong in their own right. So when you get to Hootie's second album, and, and because I don't think we'll ever talk about Hootie and Blowfish again on this on this show. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, is, Which one is I Only Want to Be With You on? That's, that's Cracked Review. That's their first album. Okay, yeah. okay. I mean, you didn't list that, so I was like, "Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." Yeah, that's know. the dolphin song, the dolphin crying, the crying dolphin song. Um, yeah, yeah, only want to be with you. Um, th- that first album is really good because at the at the time in 1995, it was a really fresh sound. Like it was, it was not grunge, you know. Um, it wasn't pop. It wasn't country. It was. It was it was kind of almost a, a, a neo southern rock kind of thing going on. And so there was there was a lot to, to gravitate to and also you kind of felt him. His voice had something special to it as well as everything else. Well when you get to the second album and it's kind of the same thing, you know, just but there's nothing there's not a there's nothing on that album that has a hook like like you had on the first album and it ends up being, it ends up falling a little flat. Um, Mm. I like some of that second album. I like the big single that came off of there called old man and me. Um, but I'll tell you the lyrics of like, when you get into, if it, I think if anyone else was doing it, it was arranged a little bit differently. Like some of these lyrics would absolutely grab you, Kristen. And, and you would, and you would, and you would be all about it, but I can't, I can't look at you in New Jersey and say, "Hey, you ought to check out Hootie and the Blowfish." Yeah, <laughs> because Darius Rucker, Hootie, is at heart he's a, a country, country singer he's now. a country singer. I mean, and that's who he was all along. You know, like like make no mistake about it. Like, and when you hear him do his country stuff, and you turn around and hear the Hootie and the Blowfish stuff, you're like, "Oh yeah, I see it, I see it." But it was obviously a time when people were like, "Yeah, you you can't be." We have our one black person in country music. You can't be that person, you know. Yeah. I, I it wouldn't surprise me if that was it at all. Um, but anyhow, friends went to see Hootie and the Blowfish that one time, and they got to hang out with him. So, I love how you do all the Friends references, and I've literally never seen an episode of Friends. That surprises me to no end. I, I'm a Seinfeld person. I love Seinfeld as well, but. <laughs> 
I've sat and I've been in that restaurant for an hour just waiting to get seated and not getting to not getting my seat. Really? Well, I'm just saying everyone's been in that situation. That's what made it so great. Oh, oh, I thought you meant like you actually. No, went to, like, not in that restaurant. No, 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 okay. no, 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 not the like, diner. Oh, I'm talking about the the, chi- the the Chinese, Chinese restaurant. restaurant. Yeah, where they're like Cartwright. That's what. Cartwright. <laughs> I'm Cartwright. She called. He yelled Cartwright. Who's Cartwright? I'm Cartwright. We're living in a society. We're supposed to act in a civilized way. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's get on out of here. How about that? Do you want to okay. get back? Well, what a show. What a show. It's been a good time. A lot of catching up that we had to do, and, and I feel like we got caught up. Hope you enjoyed it as well. Uh, talking a little Matchbox 20 action. Listen, if you haven't given Matchbox a chance, you're like, what are they doing on a rock and roll podcast? Give them a chance, especially if you're into the lyrics and kind of the feels. Check out check out Mad Season. You just listen to most of it, a few seconds of each song. Give the album a check. And you can do that. One of the ways you can do that is by going over to um, geekoutonline.com or geekoutpodcast.com, the home of the Goaliverse, and click on the Amazon Music link. Get in with Amazon Music. I, I've learned to actually love working with Amazon Music and, and doing that. They they do the station thing like a Spotify or a Pandora, but you can also build your own playlist like a Spotify. It's just, it's got everything there and it's, it's good time. So, um, so check that out and you support the show when you do that by using any of the Amazon links that are at the show, or if you want to support the shows directly at patreon.com slash geek out loud, you can do so. A lot of these lost big honking show episodes that we have are happening around the time that things like rock out loud was born and, and, and if I stumble upon those episodes, you'll actually hear kind of the the inception of those things. As, as I was getting egged on in the chat by one Kristen in Jersey. Um, I believe she was even going by Shut Up Kristen back in those days. Um, I might have been, yeah. To, uh, to, to play this song, to play that song. To play it, yeah, so, good times. If you want to reach us at the podcast, we'd love to hear from you. We're rockoutloudpod at gmail.com, rockoutloudpod at gmail.com. And over on the Twitter, if you interact on Twitter, uh, that is going to be your rockout. Is that rockoutloudpod as well on Twitter? Yes. Yes, rockoutloudpod on Twitter. And Kristen is Xboxing the Stars. Um, Kristen, also active on Instagram, are you? I am, yes. And my name there is Shut Up Kristen. <laughs> Shut Up Kristen on Instagram. Check her out. I used to write for a magazine called Shut Up, okay? <laughs> and then uh, you check us out on Facebook as well. We've got the Goaliverse group on Facebook. Just go to geekoutonline.com slash group and you can get in there. And look, when you get in there, you'll have to answer a few questions, but don't worry. They're not intimidating things. If you identify yourself as a Rock Out Loud listener when you get on, just immediately come in, throw up the rock horns, and just, you know post some random rock and roll lyric and and yes. we'll know we'll know who you are we'll understand who you are so that is it for us on this show until next time i'm steve i'm Kristen. rock on everybody rock on guys bye